All right, folks, welcome back to Herb Sessions. I got my friend here. Is it Vinny or Vinay? Vinay. Vinay. Yeah. What nationality is Vinay? So my Where's background, uh, Vinay is actually a Hindu name. So my mom is from Fiji. Ooh. Yeah, but of Indian descent. Wow. Uh, and my dad is from New Zealand, but of Anglo descent. So he's like blonde hair, blue eyed. And then oh, I grew up in Vancouver, Canada, and now an American citizen. Dang. Hey, cheers, eh? <laughs> this is, uh, we're drinking uh, Blue Label Johnny Walker scotch. Very good. Uh-huh. Very expensive bottle. I think it was like uh, two thirty. Yeah, that. I bet. But you could tell, you get that oaky Ooh, taste. Yeah. yeah, man, that aftertaste is. As soon as it hit the tongue, I'm like. Best scotch I've ever had. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, I've had some garbage scotch. <laughs> and this, by far my favorite. It's worth the money. Yeah, so awesome. Yeah, dude. Yep. Well, welcome, man. It's been a while. I know I met you back like a year ago. Yeah. Uh, New Year's Eve. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, through friends. And that was my first week, I think, here. Yeah. Yeah. That's and then, right. And then yeah. uh, everybody disappeared when COVID hit. Yeah, but that was a fun night. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Because you came here from California. I think you came with Kelsey, right? Uh, I came with Kelsey, a friend, Michelle, Michelle's um, wife-to-be now, her yeah. sister. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I knew Michelle, and she's like, hey, this is what's going on. I have never met anybody else yeah. besides her. And she's like, you want to go? I was like, all right. <laughs> I don't want to sit at home, yeah. you know? So, yeah, that's where I met you. It was, uh, your energy was always like upbeat, dude. Like, <laughs> and it still is. You still yeah. have that very, like, I was like, oh man, what do you, you know, like very energetic. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I like that. Cause I'm very like, hey, how's it going, man? Cool. <laughs> There's never like a big peak. It's always like, eh. yeah, so, steady. But yeah, dude, let's, let's, let's dive in. Okay. Uh, let's talk about, there's so many things we'll talk about, but, um, <laughs> What made you come from um, Canada to Utah? What brought you here? Uh, so it's funny. My ex-wife asked me that uh, on our first date. You know, oh. what brought you to Utah? And I told her that uh, when you go fishing, you have to go to the pond. So my backstory is, uh, I grew up LDS, so uh, Latter Day Saints, a Mormon. Uh, me too. Uh, okay, we can talk about that too. Yeah. <laughs> Let's definitely talk about that. And I uh, grew up as a Mormon in, in Vancouver, Canada. So I was actually a really Mo- a Mormon. We drive forty five minutes one way to get to church uh, on Sundays. And so grew up LDS, and then uh, went on my mission when I was actually twenty one. Uh, went a few years later. Where did you go on your mission? Went to Argentina. Yeah, Salta. So do you speak? You speak Spanish too? Por supuesto. Yeah. Oh, okay. You do. My brother went to. Um, uh, Ecuador, mm. I think. Dude, his story is wild. I don't know if you've heard his story on the podcast. Man. <laughs> but, uh, More to catch up on that. But yeah, yeah. I, I went and served my mission. And then when I got home, because I had my green card, um, and I got a green card because my uncle, who also married an American, sponsored my family to come down to, to Salt Lake, or to, to, uh, to the U.S., uh, because he worked for Boeing down in Seattle. So, you know, oh. close, close yeah. relations there. And then uh, that's how I got my green card. But when I got off my mission, I was like, all right, well, I got the travel bug because I know what it's like to live abroad. And so I had an 18-year-old car, uh, a credit card, a couch to crash on, and 100 bucks cash in my pocket and moved to America. And I haven't looked back since, you know. And then after that, uh, it was a week into the U.S. where I found a job, 
a place to stay and friends I still have to this very day. Wow. You know, that's what I love about America. It's just what you what you want to do with yourself and how you want to people you want to surround yourself with. There's just opportunities that are abundant. Uh, and it's just finding those connections that you want to be able to attribute yourself to. Dang, dude. Dude, spoken like a true, <laughs> true saint, man. I know I have a friend who's from Nigeria. Mm-hmm. And I talk to him quite often. I'm like, dude, you don't know how like inspiring you are to people who are in the United States. Yeah. Because like you too, you're like, man, I had nothing. I came here and look at you now. Yeah. And there's people in the United States that moan and groan and think, oh, I can't do anything because this yeah. and that. And it's like, dude, like you said, so how hard do you want to go after it? Yeah, I avoid yeah. complainers. If anybody yeah. complains, you, you have no idea. I mean, yeah. I've also, I can talk about, I've lost literally everything. So, I mean, that's that's the thing. You look in your perspective of life and how you get to fall back and get back up again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I lived in Seattle. So, I moved to Seattle, lived there for a year. I like it up there. Yeah. I don't like great, the cold, though. Yeah, it's rainy. Yeah. <laughs> it's really it's wet. It's starting to feel wet all the time. <laughs> but that's what I grew up in, it you know? It's fun. 20 plus years living in the Pacific Northwest in Vancouver, yeah. Canada. So, yeah. you know, lived there for a year and then went to BYU, Idaho, did a year, a year and a half there and realized I hated the cold of Rexburg, Idaho uh-huh. and got the heck out and then uh, got hit up by these door to door guys. So it was awesome because then I got to travel the door, the world, uh, the, the country knocking doors. Uh-huh. So I started out in LA, uh, then went up to Sacramento and then managed a team out in. Little Rock, Arkansas, <laughs> and finished off in Chicago. And then the next year, I did security systems, and then I did it in South Central LA. So I was like knocking doors in Compton and Watts and in yeah. Inglewood. Uh, so it's like listening to the gangster rap when I was a kid and like yeah. being like, this is the actual legitimate place. This like, is where it is. <laughs> this is yeah, where yeah. it is. <laughs> what's Crenshaw the, Boulevard, man. <laughs> what's the door to door? What is that? Like sales? Yeah, sales. sales. Gotcha, and again, gotcha. they, they kind of recruit you because you serve a mission, knocking doors uh, all across the world. So you know how to talk to people. You know how to talk. You know how to yeah. sell religion. If you can sell religion, what else can you sell? And true. so Very that's the true. thing. It's the, what I did value, and this is what I've taken, is that from door to door, you know how to ask questions. And if you can ask questions, if you can be engaging, uh, you can grab people's attentions quick, then where's the opportunity kind of continue on from there? And that's what's helped me in my sales career, my life, really, just to be inquisitive. And I'm just a naturally curious person about who people are and what they do and why they do it. Yeah. Dude, you should should start a podcast. (laughs) You got got the voice for it. Just listening to you, it's very like, you know, XYZ, this is how it's done. You know, it's very thorough. You Thanks. Should, you should think about it. All right. Maybe you I should. Use the studio. Guy, All right. Right <laughs> we had to give you a different drop back. Yeah. Figure something out. <laughs> so how long did you do that for? So I did it for one summer. Uh, uh-huh. For the first summer, uh, I did it. Well, I started in January and went all the way until September until the semester started back in school. And then, you know, started running out of money. So I had to go and uh, knock doors again for another summer. And uh, so that's when I did it for security systems in South Central LA. How was that? I mean, it was fine, man. I mean, yeah. I, I'm I'm brown, uh, but I do remember one time I wore, did where we sold ADT home security. Uh-huh. So we had white shirts and blue shirts. Guess what color I did not wear anymore? Yeah, knocking doors, blue. I would <laughs> yeah. imagine. Isn't so, that crazy over colors? It, it, it is. Oh. And I, I remember knocking doors, and and a guy stepped to me, and I'm like, he's like, yeah, get off my block, bro. And was uh, a crib. Or He's not a, a crib, it was blood, probably a blood, but blood. I don't want. I don't want to find out. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, tell me where to go. I'll, I'll, I'll leave. And you should uh, start throwing up your set. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say, homie? <laughs> so, 
So uh, yeah, you learn real quick, and uh, you respect people's block, and, and you get you get off. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's when I uh, realized I got to get just get settled back into school, and, and so that's why I moved back to Salt Lake, and and uh, really started to get back into getting my education done. Yeah, and so another big thing is you went to Harvard University, right? Mm-hmm. Dude, how did you stumble into that school? Oh man, that is one. That's a good question. Let, but let me try to get to how. Yeah. All these things kind of accumulated to to get an education. So I'm like yeah. 20, 25 or twenty. I'm twenty four when I finally start to decide to go back to school, and this is at BYU Idaho. I did that for a year and a half, didn't like it. Uh, really, I, I I studied for like seven years for my bachelor's degree. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, they usually talk call those doctors, but you know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> dude, don't feel bad. It took me ten years to get my schooling. There you go. But uh, I know I've I have a non-diagnosed ADD uh, issue. <laughs> oh, hey, dude, cheers! I got the same problem. Oh, but it's been diagnosed. But yeah, yeah, so you know what I'm talking about. But uh, I started out going to the community college, and I it's just a struggle for me to sit down and study. Yep. So I had gotten so many D's and C's. I remember the first time I got an A, I was just like, "What?" Yeah, cloud nine, but that's few and far between. But uh, I had a GPA of 1.76. And they told me, you need to bring it up above a two. Otherwise, you're getting kicked out of school. Yeah. I'm like, oh, snap. What am I going to do now? Yeah. So you sit down with a counselor, figure things out. And I started to look at my classes. And uh, I took math 10, 10, seven times. Uh, 10, 10, was it like it's like the intro. Intro algebra? Something like that. Yeah. I can't remember. All I remember is being 10, 10. Yeah. And you have to get it done. You have to get a C to pass. And I kept getting Ds. And I'm just like. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Why can't I figure out math? Anyways, figured it out. Got it done. Yeah. I think the teacher also just felt bad for me and gave yeah, me a no, C just to get did. push me along. Because yeah. I was just very charismatic and fun and outgoing in class and asked a lot of questions. And, you know, people feel for you. It, yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's an yeah. emotional take. And so got done. And the funny thing was, I didn't, my GPA wasn't high enough to get into the University of Utah. So I knew I had to get my bachelor's degree. So how the U of U works is like if you're going to get a bachelor's degree from them, you have to take at least 40 credits at the U and the rest, uh, your 80 credits you can take anywhere else, be able to transfer. Okay. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So here's what I did. I, you can fly under the radar at any school. Okay. Ooh, ooh, should we talk about this? You can go to Stanford today if you wanted to. Really? You can just go and sign up for a class. Stanford will then put that on their books of how well you did in that class. As a non-matriculated student. Okay, this is the key. Non-matriculated student. So I was a non-matriculated student for about two years, two and a half years at, at the University of Utah. So I went in just to take class by class by class. They had no idea what my GPA was. So because you have to have a GPA above 2 point two, something, something or 2.25 or I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, but you have to have a minimum to get in. And then you have to have a minimum to graduate. So what I did, non-matriculated student, I built up my... GPA, and I went from a 1.76 GPA to a 3.6 GPA and got a degree in international studies and economics from the University of Utah. And so just before I went to go graduate, you have to go and declare your major. Yeah. So it's so funny because I go to sit down with a counselor and I went to go look to do an international studies degree because it's the quickest degree I could get done. Yeah. They have four criteria and one, a couple of them are, have you lived abroad and you speak another language and, and two others. Well, I'm sitting down with the counselor and she's, I'm talking to her. I'm like, yeah, I, uh, 
I served a mission actually in Argentina, so I speak Spanish. And uh, she's like, oh, do you have any sort of like documentation to say that you lived abroad? I'm like, uh, yeah, probably in my, my parents' house back in Canada, in Vancouver, Canada. She's like, oh, you're Canadian? I'm like, yeah, so check. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, Canada is a foreign country. Yeah. So I've already lived abroad <laughs> in Dang, a foreign country. That's what's up. But, you know, it's just yeah. from conversation, uh, yeah. people pick up cues and, and make things simpler for you and easier for you because they want to help you out. Yeah. And that's one of the other things I started to realize is that people always generally want to help others out. Because yeah. if you can help somebody else get what they want, they will then help you get what you want. Right. And so, so I, when I graduated from Harvard or from, from the U, I went to go apply for graduation. And they looked at my transcript and like, how did you go to school here for so long without no, knowing? And they're like, never mind. Let's just you know push you along. To, wow. I fit all the criteria now that they needed. Yeah. And uh, yeah, ended up graduating from the University of Utah and in, in doing national studies and economics and flew under the radar the whole time because of wow. the non-matriculated student status. Whoa, dude, I've never even heard of that. That's because, clever. Yeah, because nobody's going to talk to you about it because they want you to go apply and go the traditional route. Yeah. Something else I also learned about life is like people put rules in place because they need guidelines because sometimes people are sheep yeah. and they just need to sh- show where, where the pathway to go. Yeah. I'm jumping all around on the pathway. I know my direction, but you know, it's not straight line, it's squigglies all over the place, right? It's yeah. but you're all gonna go into the same direction. Yeah. So figuring out what the rules are and then skirting around it. So <laughs> you want to talk about Harvard? Yeah. All right. So about what five years ago, um, realized that, you know, I don't don't really feel like uh, the faith that I had, I grew up with, was was something I wanted to continue on with. And then shortly after, my ex-wife and I realized we're, we're probably just better off friends. So I started to think to myself, wow, what am I going to do with my life? And I looked at my kids, and I had two kids, uh, and I looked at them, and I'm like, what do I, what do I want them, their dad to think about? What do I want them to think about with their dad? You know? yeah. And my thing was like legacy. What kind of a legacy do I want to leave for my kids? And I think to myself, okay, people tend to hang out with other affluent people or are going to be affluent as well. So it's just a circle of five, right? Yeah. So I started to think to myself, where are those successful people at? Well, they go to Ivy League schools. I'm thinking to myself, all right, well, let's go and see what it takes to go to like Stanford and Dartmouth and and Wharton. And then I started realizing this whole, I remember going back to my my bachelor's degree, well, non-matriculated student, non-matriculated student. I can just go and pay for a class and, and take it and take it. Yeah. So all the other schools had it. And I'm like, you know what? What is the most prestigious school that you can go to? It's Harvard. Harvard. <laughs> Dude, I've been up to that campus. Uh, you recently visited there too. Yeah. yeah. Pretty phenomenal place. Dude. Yeah. I'm going to, I'll have my commencement in, in May, but that's what I did. I went in as a non-matriculated student, filled up all the criteria for their program. So then I did all the front end work, uh, back end work that you had to do to make myself look as good as I possibly could. Yeah. So then when I went to go apply to that program, oh, I did everything already. There's like, oh, okay, check mark. The thing is, I realized you have to do all the hard work so it makes the decision for somebody else easier. And this is the thing I learned about in sales too, is like do all the grunt end. So somebody needs to make a decision and it's easy for them to make a decision. Reduce the friction points. 
And so that's what I did. I took all the required classes to to get into this course, and I put it on a silver platter for them to say, hey, I did everything. Now, can I get into the program? Yep. And then, you know, a year later, I graduate from from the program. So I have a master's in management from Harvard with two certificates, one in strategic management, the other one in entrepreneurship and innovation. Damn, dude. Cheers. (laughs) (laughs) That's so impressive. Yeah. Dude, that's wild. I've never heard anybody go that route. It's like you said, I've gone the traditional route too. I'm still paying for it too. It's like, all right, here's your core classes. This is where you're going to take every semester. Here you go. Just pay us. Yeah, so I did. I've never heard anybody like, hey, if I do all the grunt work on the back end, here you go. And then just let me in. Dude, that's wild. I, think, I wish more people would know stuff like that because they don't want to tell you. They don't. Yeah. No, no school ever wants to tell you that uh-uh. uh, because they want to go do things easiest for them. But you need to ask them the question why and and focus in on that. So when you understand people's why and why they set things up, well, then it makes you gear towards what their why is. Yeah. And uh, just adds in for opportunities to like really think and evolve. Uh, so, you know, I... Uh, I have now my Harvard plaque on my wall and I have my Zoom calls. So it's kind of cool being in on these Zoom calls and, and people kind of comment because I'll have my bookshelf in the back and then I'll have my degrees in, in my Harvard one right in the middle. And I had a um, a call with, uh, gosh, some guy on the board of the symphony uh, because of my young professionals group. And he looked at my wall. He's like, uh, is, let me just ask you this. Is that, is that, uh, is that your actual background or is that <laughs> is that a, a Zoom background? I'm like, oh, Austin, no, man. That's my actual background. Yeah, this is my, my eBay football that I have here because I work at eBay. Yeah. And then all my degrees in the back, my books. He's like, that's pretty impressive, man. I'm like, look, when you hustle and work as hard as I have to get to get it, you know, you, I want to show it off to everybody. Yeah. Dude, I should be like that. I have my degrees and they're just sitting in my closet. Yeah. Oh, shame on me. I worked so hard for those. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, those are not, like, I'm probably like you. They were not easy to get, but they were worth getting. Yeah. For sure. Wow, dude. So, uh, with your master's now, you can pretty much, do you plan on, like, teaching maybe yeah. in the future? I mean, that's what I, um, I'm i really good at is, is the whole teaching and, and, and influencing. And yeah. So, I'll, I'll probably do that on the, on the side, but as a career, no, I mean, I think I have more of a calling just to, just to run, like, my group. Like I run with young professionals of Salt Lake City, just inspire others and get out there and get connected and get involved. Yeah, do you gotta inspire me? I don't know anybody out here. <laughs> I've been out here for over a year. Well, that's gonna start changing, man. Dude, because uh, you know I've kept an eye on you, not in a creepy way. I'm like, man, he's <laughs> he's always doing something. Like yeah. you, with your young professional group, which we'll get into in a minute. But you're always doing something. There's always something going on. Like, yeah, you discover like some pretty cool stuff in Salt Lake, which. You know, I know the basics here, like Whiskey Street and right. you know, simple bars like that. But you, you guys seem to go like uh, way beyond like yeah. normalcy. <laughs> you know, you do a lot of cool stuff, dude. Yeah. How yeah. did you? Did, now, was that something you were thinking about? You started that, right? You know, professionals. I did not. I'm actually oh, okay. going to see the uh, the founder who started it uh, tonight. We're going to a friend's birthday party, and she's okay. in town. Yeah. And how did you stumble upon them? Facebook, something like that? Man, so this is what I always ask people when they show up to our events. Like, how'd you find us? How'd you find us? How'd you find yeah. us? Because I, I want to know. 
um, because I want to know how many people are like me or need the same things I did. So, what, three or so years ago, I'm going through my divorce uh, with my ex-wife. Again, great, phenomenal human being. We just didn't, uh, it's just time to move on from our relationship. Sure. And I'm thinking to myself, I got to get out there. I mean, how how do you date? I've just been, I was married for a decade. Uh, And so, or even make friends for that matter, because I left the church and I'm getting divorced. So all of your friends. Yeah. Tell me about it. You know? And so it's a big challenge and a strain. So I start getting online and I remember going to meetups. So I started going to these meetups of like uh, these beer meetups and stuff like that. And these other divorcees and all they did is talk about like being divorced. Yeah. And just being miserable. I'm like, oh man, the complaining. I hate complainers. Life is so abundant. You should not be complaining about stuff. You should be learning and moving forward from it. And they would just complain about it. I'm like, I started to think to myself, man, this is not good. This is going to be my life. I was even contemplating not getting divorced because I thought like, man, I'm going to be just as miserable as these other people. It's better to stay with my ex-wife than it is to be alone and miserable. Uh, So started hopping around to all these different meetups. Then finally, I come in to find uh, Young Professionals in Salt Lake City. And that, my friend, that was my tribe. Yeah. I found them. That's cool. And go to show up at my first event. I think it was like something like uh, meeting the mayor at uh, City Hall. And we went all the way up to the bell tower, saw the bell tower in, in City Hall. And oh, Jackie, that's cool. Mayor Jackie was like talking to us. And, and it was like, man, how would I ever get this opportunity to have the freaking mayor talk to me uh, and my my group of friends? And so made friends from there. And that was three or so years ago. And I haven't left ever since. So I started out just as a member. And then I got asked to join the board, got involved. And then, you know, COVID hits. So we were decimated. Nothing was going on. And then uh, just over last year, uh, I took it on as the president and just been running with it ever since. Wow. And, man, I, I have not looked back, and I just keep looking forward. Dang, dude. That's cool. Yeah. I wish I, I was more ambitious like that to meet people. <laughs> I'm pretty like I'm pretty outgoing, but I'm also pretty like shy. You know? Sure. I don't, I'm not really – I don't buy into the oh, – I'm an introvert, extro, extrovert, or I'm in between – I'm just uh, I I like I enjoy talking to people like mm-hmm. yourself, getting yeah. to know their story, but also I need a break to <laughs> like a, like people in general because I work in healthcare and you're always like it's a million questions. All right, this is what we're gonna do. It's very repetitive, and sometimes I just don't want to talk. <laughs> and people yeah. take that the wrong way. They're like, dang, this fool's kind of rude. <laughs> well, I'll tell you a story then too, because last night we went to we do things thing called dinner club where we'll go to a local restaurant. Go and hang out, check it out as a group. So we'll have, I don't know, 12 to 15 to 20 of us just going, hanging out as a friend group to a restaurant. And then everyone else goes on their ways after that. So uh, Edison House is going to be a new social club here in Salt Lake. So I'm one of their founding members. So actually, I was there at their groundbreaking. So there I am with a gold shovel and like uh, my hard hat from Oakland with Cardwell on it. So he gave me my own. It's it's really cool. (laughs) And then you see all these like old dudes that are like in construction and finance, like finance is this guy. And then me and George are like the two young guys. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so Edison House has these mixers where they're trying to build their membership, but they want to build it right. They don't just want to have people sign a check and just be able to get into a a club, a, a social club. So what uh, what we're doing is I'm talking with one of the owners, Charlie, our founders, and I was like, you know, Charlie, here's the thing, man. You guys are charging a membership, and it's not cheap, but it's not overly expensive, but it's not cheap. Uh, and you got to think to yourself, how are you going to add as much 
potential value to that member as you possibly can. And he's like, well, keep telling me the name. And I'm like, your first day that somebody has the experience of going into your club has to be the absolute best day because you need to stay on this high and stay on that high. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't in- interact with them and if, if they just show up and they don't make friends, then they're not going to come back. Yeah. And this is what I've learned with YP is like, I need to make sure people show up and then make friends. Yeah. And so with Charlie, I told him, look, you need to make sure people are engaging because you're going to get people who are not Vinay, who's going right. to be outgoing. Who are pretty shy, just kind of yeah. there to see what's up. Yeah. yeah. So the, my best friend, Baja, who works with me at eBay and I got him his job and I joked around with him. And I'm like, yeah, Baja's my doppelganger. And uh, <laughs> he's like, oh my goodness, I see it now. You guys are two different people, but totally the same in, in the yeah. fact that you're outgoing and social. And Baja does this this thing called human connection. And so he gets these team building games, get people talking, get people associating with each other. So then they start making forming forming human connections. Those human connections are what we call friendships. Yeah. So these friendships are going to be able to be able to build bonds. So when you know, you're just at a social gathering, you're going to go and associate with that person and feel these good vibes yeah. on that person that was there because you feel like you made a friend. Yeah. And uh, so that's why I talked to Charlie. I'm like, look, people like Russ that are going to show up, they're going to pay the money because yeah. you don't want you're somebody who's who signs on to be a member of, of Edison's house and then look at their bill in a month or two and think, what am I paying this for? Right. Because I'm not making friends out of it. And he's like, Vinay, that's that's it, man. Yeah. Like, how do I get these ambassadors of Edison House to make sure people are staying engaged? Dang. And what is Edison House? Is that like a speakeasy club or something like that? You pay a little fee, yeah. bring your own booze kind of thing? No, you don't bring your own booze. It's, oh. I mean, it's not going to be an all-social club where they'll have a gym, they'll have a, have a rooftop uh, a pool, uh, they have an entertaining space, restaurant. So it's just okay. like this social club that you can go to to pay to be a member. Okay. And then you can just make friends and associate with people. Dang, that sounds cool. What, they're, they just broke ground to build it. Yeah, right? last uh, last year, last summer. And they're still building it? Or? Yeah, and uh, his hope is he's pushing really hard to get it uh, open by late August at the latest. Okay. Dude, I'll, I want to check that out. All right, yeah. We'll, see what yeah that's I'll, about. we'll bring you along, dude. What's the... Uh, Buyer's fee in there. Can you, can you uh, talk about that? Or not uh, quite that's, yet? that's their, that's their deal. It's around 250 I think, a month that you're paying for it. Um, and so they're trying to still develop the value proposition sure. for it. Because um, yeah. there's a couple of a, a couple of social clubs. And so one of the other social clubs, and we're going to have our event on March 31st at uh, a place called uh, the Ken Garf Scholarship Club. It's oh. at the Rice Eccles Stadium. Okay. Okay. So on the east, southeast side of the stadium, uh, there's this big group where it's like the, there's like a restaurant there. There's you can walk onto the field. They have some VIP rooms, some little outbreak rooms uh, all around at the, the stadium. And so it's actual also a social club that uh, we went and checked out. And because we do so many events, uh, and the guy that's doing memberships now has come to a young professional event a couple times, and he's like, man, I want these guys to show up. Yeah. Uh, they're really cool. And so they're trying to change the perception that the club used to have, and so they just recently took it over. And so they're trying to get the, the diverse, young, youthful people coming through. They yeah. give them a great rate for, for being a member. It's like 30 bucks a month. Oh, 
that's not it, bad. And you're going to spend more on coffee, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah dude, right? for sure. And or so, a bottle of booze. <laughs> <laughs> so just little things like that that they're trying to start to develop and, and evolve and grow. Uh, and it's and it's for all family, all kids. My my kids actually took them to, uh, we did a video on a Saturday, and they just ran around on the field. I mean, they're five and eight. They have no idea how freaking cool it is. Yeah. To be yeah. running on a football field at a major college stadium. Yeah. I mean, like. That's pretty, pretty <laughs> lucky stuff. Yeah. yeah. So my kids are running around. So that's the thing. They're very, you know, all around uh, family friendly at the stadium club. And we're going to be doing probably our largest event there on March 31st. Probably have over 200 people of all ages to be able to come there and hang out. And so the whole idea is the stadium club just want to get exposure so they can get people to sign up to be members. Yeah. But, you know, if you don't sign up. Just come and hang out and enjoy the the facilities there, because mm-hmm. we don't want to be uh, an exclusive to to everyone. You know, you want to be able to know somebody can bring you in and show you sure. off, and, yeah, yeah, and have that uh, have that experience there. Dang, dude, that's pretty cool, man. That you you're doing that. I've always liked. Uh, I've been to one social club back home in California. Uh, it was it was cool. It was just like you said. Like he was a member. He's like, you want to go check it out? And we went there and like they had their own bar and just everybody hanging out and like, I was like this is kind of cool dude how do you get in here yeah and there was all kinds of fees but I was like no I'm broke dude I'm getting that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's I think it's really cool what you're doing because man more now nowadays everybody really feels like alone and yeah. isolated and doesn't really feel like there's anybody out there for them anymore um, I know through COVID I felt the same way I was yeah. Like, Dude, I don't even know what I'm living for. This is like depressing, you know. And I didn't have a tribe. I didn't know anybody. I was just hanging out at my little studio, sad ass apartment, just like going to work and coming home. Well, you do now, man. You do now. Yeah, dude, dude. That's why I wanted you to get on, get you on here because not only am I really interested in your um, program. What was it called? Young professional. Young. Young uh, YP. YP Associates. YP. Um, I always see you doing stuff. Damn, dude! Like, how do I want to check that out? I want to meet people. Yeah, because um, I just with this too, this podcast is like, dude, I gotta get more people on here. Like, <laughs> I need to meet people. Yeah, and I'm I'm still in the same routine. I just go to work, come home, hang out with my dog, go to work, come home, right. go to the gym. And you, I'm not meeting anybody at the gym. You know, I'm there yeah. to work out. I'm not there to make friends. Yeah. So, so that's funny that you bring that up too, because uh, like last night, uh, so. Why we went to the Edison Mixer is because I a few weeks ago, uh, I reached out to my friend who works at City Hall, uh, Roberta, and because I applied to be on their board of advisory council so I can advise some of the things, the business uh, things that business are going aspect. on, yeah. uh, that's going on in city of Salt Lake because, you know, as a young professional, like we should have some say and influence or like tell these business owners what we think. Uh, so I applied for that, and then Roberta's like, "Hey, Vinay, you need to talk to this company, this company, and you absolutely need to talk to Evo." I'm like, "Who's Evo, Roberta?" Yeah. And so she's like, "Go check them out." Uh, so made the introduction. They are this super cool, like boutiquey, uh, outdoorsy. With you can go in there, uh, get your skis, get your boards, rent bikes. Uh, they have an indoor skate park. They have an indoor tumbling wall. Uh, oh. They have a restaurant that Level 9 Sports is also in there. And then on the second floor, they have a hotel. A hotel. This is in Salt Lake? In Salt Lake. It used to be the Granary District. Yeah, I don't know. Any 
places, but you got to check it out, man. Is Evo downtown? It's on 4th or 5th West. 4th West, I want to say. Yeah. Okay. And it's phenomenal. We're going to have our Young Professionals group uh, mix and mingle meet there in May. Gorgeous spot. And anyway, the guy, we're doing a tour of that place. And then I meet him. His name's Garrett. And and, uh, Garrett's like... You know, what do you guys do and, and stuff like that? And so we just start chit-chatting and, you know, you kind of pick up. He's a cool vibe, cool guy. Yeah, yeah. So we start chatting and then uh, he's just like, yeah. Me, and me and my friend Baja are there. And he's just like, yeah, I, I wanted to like check out this Edison house place. I've been on like the wait list for two years. I'm like, Baja and I look at each other like, you want to go check it out? <laughs> <laughs> That's what's And up. he's like, what? What do you mean? I'm like, we're both founding members. Like, you want to come check it out, dude? Like, we just need to invite you. That's just how it works. Yeah. And because uh, the whole thing is like good vibes. We want to make sure people are a good fit. Right. Uh, and, right. and the people I associate with, they're going to be good people too. Sure. So let's make sure we can make them all work and intertwine. And so that's why we invited him out uh, to come. And so last night um, he shows up. He's just a little because he's an outsider from the regular dinner club group. But he starts to build friends and, and build relationships there. And we go to the Edison House thing. Give him the introduction. Make sure he makes knows who the the founders are and a few other people, yeah. and leave leave him on his own. And he's out there mingling with with others. And uh, afterwards, he's like, "Dude, what do you do again?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and this is where we came you up. Tell I'm like, him I'm awesome. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> you know what, Garrett? I'm a I'm a friendship facilitator. Yeah, and he's like, bro. That's it, man. Yeah. That's what you do. You're you're facil- facilitator of friendships, and uh, so now he's just like all about what we're trying to do with YP. And then he's like, "Hey, you know, hotels or stuff we can do to, together." Because the whole value that you're providing somebody, it, they're going to re- reciprocate that in kind. Uh, that there's a, there's everything always balances out, man. There's a quid pro quo, right? Right. Because if you don't reward back, I mean, somebody else is going to go and. and I mean, you're not going to be that pe- person that fills somebody else's bucket. Right. So you're going, someone else is going to go on and move on from you. Yeah. So you, you don't want to be that user of, of energy and, and people's time. And, and yeah. Just, and just wasting it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So with him, he's just like, how can I reciprocate? Because if Vinay got me this, what else can Vinay help me get? Yeah. And that, like I said. Dude, it's such a basic concept. Generate, like kindness generates kindness. Like helpfulness generates helpfulness. It's yeah. such a basic human instinct and a lot of people have lost it man yeah a lot of people like i always tell people like how can i help you like i've helped many friends with money issues and things like that and i'm like man like that like, i can't pay you back i was like look have i asked you to pay me back yet right like well no i was like don't worry about it you pay me back when you can yeah. and deep down inside i know i'm not getting it back yeah and that's kind yeah. of the overall reason why i did it because Somebody has given me that money to help me out in a situation, and I would not feel right if I just sat here and watched someone struggle. Be like, dude, you have the money. Help them. I don't give them thousands of dollars, but, you know, yeah. it's a couple hundred if they're hungry. They're all short on a bill. I've been very fortunate in my life um, to be financially pretty good with everything. Yeah. And like you just said, dude, like, you know, I'm not going to waste your time. It's very generous. Like, yeah. I'm not here just all about me. Yeah. And that's very cool, dude. You don't meet a lot of people like that anymore. Yeah, and it's so it, funny. It sucks. Yeah. And <laughs> so this whole thing is is I, is I always try to find and add value to all these different relationships that I start to build. Yeah. And I'll give you a prime example. Two weeks ago, 
and I, and I sat down on a Sunday evening talking to my girlfriend, I'm like, how the heck did this weekend just happen? So what ends up happening is Friday, Friday night, uh, it was like a gymnastics, the group female uh, gymnastics team was playing. So they did a watch party at the stadium club at the University of Utah. Okay. So I go there, just hang out, uh, chat with the Giro and like some friends there because I'm starting to build that relationship at the stadium club. Yeah. Uh, and they're giving us an honorary membership, right, to join and just to be part of it because they know the value that the young professionals can provide. Uh-huh. So we go there, watch, buy some drinks, hang out, make some friends. And then all of a sudden I get a text from my girlfriend who's at home doing homework. And she's like, hey, Michelle has uh, three extra tickets to the box seats at uh, the Jazz game. They're playing the Dallas Mavericks. And I'm like, uh, okay, can you, you I'll be right there? Go? Yeah, yeah. So she's like, ah, oh, it's already in the second half. I mean, uh, it's already about to start the second half. I'm like, all right. So we booked it. So me and my buddy Peter went down there. We parked uh, right in front of uh, the uh, Vivint Arena. Yeah. And Peter's like, of course, Vinay. The p- yeah, yeah, prime, prime <laughs> spot parking. right there. Yeah. You guys, somebody just pulled out and you pull right back in there. So we go and we're sitting in in box seats at the Jazz game, watching the Dallas Mavericks play. And I'm like. Whoa! When would this ever happen? We didn't pay for it, but we got invited. We got invited. I didn't. I didn't ask. We got invited. So we had a phenomenal Friday night. And my buddy Peter, who's married, doesn't get to go out very often, but he's like hanging out with Vinay. He's like, man, dude, of course this happens to you. Of course yeah. it does, dude. Yeah. So anyway, we have a great night. And then Saturday, I have these tickets to go to this masquerade ball for the Utah Arts Festival. And so I got them because my buddy CJ, who's who runs uh, Noir SLC. And we formed this relationship. We've done a few things over the last few months. And he's like, hey, dude, you want you and your lady to come and sit at our table? I'm like, yeah, I'll come and sit at your table, bro. Yeah. And of course, I'll go. And then because our band's playing. So I'm like, yeah, and of course, I'm going to take pictures. I'm going to take videos for yeah, you guys. Yeah. I'm going to be your biggest fan <laughs> up front. I don't care about all the stuff that's going on in the back. Yeah, I'm going to be here to support you, CJ, because you're my bro. Yeah. And that's the thing. So we go there. He gives me two tickets. And then I asked them, hey, is there anybody else we can give tickets away for um, for the event? And so I gave it away on my YP group. Uh, and the festival gave me two tickets to, to give away. So we gave those away. So I got you know three other friends in for free. And then, of course, they're going buying drinks and spending money and all that sort sure, of stuff. So they're helping yeah. out the, the festival. And But that's the thing. They didn't spend any money to get in. And, yeah. and here I am. Me and my girlfriend are having a great time. My friends are having a great time. Then it gets done. I'm like, what? It's like 11 o'clock or something like that. And um, so... The girl that's with us, uh, Kiana, she's just like, yeah, I would really walk a flock as playing at Sky, but it's sold out. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is trigger for me, right? Whip out my phone, text my buddy AJ, who's a VIP member or yeah, the club yeah. guy that's a VIP up there. And my girlfriend's like, hey, Vinay, text AJ. I'm like, before she even finished speaking, I'm like, I already did. We're in. Let's go. <laughs> so we get in the car, we go to go to Sky, and we walk in through the back. And we tip my bro, but buddy course, AJ, right? Of you know, yeah, yeah. Because he's taking care of us. Absolutely. And so we walk right in. They're like, what the fuck? I'm like, yeah. yeah. You see this lineup down the block? We didn't have to wait in that. Yeah. We walked right in. And so they're just like, we didn't pay for it. You know, we, we walk right in because of the whole added value. And then I'm taking pictures. I love taking pictures and videos. That's why I'm posting stuff all the time. And I'm up top. And one of the uh, the guys that does this other, he, he shoots for a MIG. Pixel, uh, and so they do concerts, Sky, and stuff like that. He sees me doing it, and he recognizes me. He's like, Vin, hey, you want to go and uh, get the best sought spot in the house to take pictures? I'm like, uh, heck yeah, man. Yeah. And so we walk down right next to the stage, and there I am with my phone 
and camera taking pictures and video of Waka Flocka. I saw and, that. I saw you. He was right there, and you and were like this. I could, yeah, 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 and then yeah. he jumped into the crowd, and I could literally touch him if I wanted to. Wow, he was right there, dude. That's cool. And that's the experiences like I get to have because of all the added value we get to produce with our group. So yeah. that's just Saturday night. <laughs> that's just Saturday night. Friday night was phenomenal. Saturday night was even more epic. Yeah. Then I go to brunch with the owner of Echo Karma and Boomerang Bar. Okay. New um, Are they all um same owner or different owner? Different dudes. So they have, they have they have multiple owners. Gotcha. Okay? Gotcha. But he's one of them. So I'm sitting down with Rob Joseph and super cool dude. And we did our mix and mingle there in February at Boomerang Bar. And I got to hang out with Rob and found out a little bit more about him. And this is a whole all about the importance of the question, right? Who are you? What do you do? Why are you here? Yeah. And why should I yeah. sit and listen to you? Yeah. Kind I'm, of thing. So that's the thing. My thing is about time. Like, I'm going to give you my time. Who are you? Like, how can you add value to each other? And how can right. I add value to you? Right? Sure. So anyway, we figured this out. Rob tells me, he's like, yeah, I used to be Mormon. I did, used, grew up in Australia. I uh, did all this research for the church. You know, now I'm like a club owner, blah, blah, blah. So we Man, like, I mean, that dude's way different. Like, yeah, <laughs> let's go to brunch. And so him and I go to brunch on on Sunday morning, and I was gonna pay, right? And I'm just like, I invited you to brunch. I'm gonna pay for you. And he's like, No, 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 I'll take care of you. That's fine. I'm like, I don't know a ton about the guy, uh, but he brings his son as well. So son's super cool guy. Um, and I met. Uh, so I also did my my birthday at their VIP uh at boomerang so that's how i started also establishing this relationship with these guys as well and so talking with them and then finding out all this whole backstory of like how he joined the church why he left the church all the all the instructions Uh, he used to be a researcher at byu so in his undergrad so that's how he actually got his degree been a researcher found out all this church history and he was all in it you know he, he believed it i mean Look, we have some quirky beliefs and, and quirky history. Oh my god, dude, that's a whole and, like yeah, yeah. I, I, that's I some Richard Lyman Bushman kind of stuff. Yeah, you got to get. I into. probably went down the same road when I started looking into Mormon religion. I was like, oh, this isn't good, <laughs> you know. But, yeah. but it, it works for some folks, exactly. You know, for sure, it helps them. Whatever, but, your, whatever your choice is. Yeah. But then we, him and I, are just talking. We're just shooting around, and then he tells me that how he why he left because of just it's just things he just didn't align, and then he got divorced and. And uh, and then how he got into owning clubs because he was a cop. So we all knew all this stuff that's going on. And so back when like Karma and Echo was like button down and button up and like we were losing the liquor licenses and the, just all this shady stuff on the side behind the scenes that was going on. Yeah. You know, he started thinking like, here's my opportunity. Let's get into it. And anyway, it was just a phenomenal brunch. I mean, he and he ended up paying for it, man. I'm like, OK, dude, look, uh-huh. look. Rob, next time we're going out, I'm gonna pay, you, dude. Like, yeah, it, yeah. just because I invited you, you know. And then the funny thing was, he wore he was wearing a Bentley hat, and then I'm like, you know, see it, and he's just he's a casual kind of guy. And then uh, he mentions to the uh, the, the uh, waitress, "Hey, is it okay if I parked out front in the the cul-de-sac? Are they taking any?" She's like, "No, I don't think so." And anyway, so we all get done, you know, an hour and a half later after brunch, we're walking out, and I see a black on black Bentley, and I'm like. Wait, that's your car? It's like, yeah, man. I'm not just wearing the hat. I'm like, like you see the hat? It's <laughs> like, Rob, of course, bro. Of course. Give him the hat. I'm just like, dude, you are so freaking cool, Rob. Yeah, those are nice cars, man. And, yeah, but it's, it's like, but I went at it like not knowing what 
what his bankroll looked like. I sure. don't care about that. Yeah. Money, yeah. money just like accelerates who you already are. Same with alcohol. Same with like and yeah. stimulants, yeah. right? It just accelerates who you already are. He was a phenomenal human being. When I met him at the, for the first couple times, and I just wanted to forge and develop a relationship with him. Yeah. And now I'm like, I got, I got, I got. I was texting with the owner of Twist actually yesterday. Yes, uh-huh. Kirk, about like how he got his nomination and like, I'm like, dude, this is so freaking cool, bro. And like, this is the kind of relationships I get to develop and 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 have. Even like yesterday when we go to London Bell, uh, was I telling you about that? that so yeah, after, yeah, 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 after Addison House, right? So that buddy Garrett, yeah, uh, he's going on a up. date. Going on a date on Saturday. Is London Bell cool? I've never been. It's there. so such a chill vibe. Is it? Where is it at? Is it? It's downtown? on it's on Main Street next Main to. Street. Wow, uh, Whiskey Street, and, and there's some other one that right next to it in the ramen place. Okay, but anyway, so I'll give you an example. We go to um, we after we get done with the uh, alibi with the mixer to for Edison House, I take Garrett up the street. We're gonna hey, let's go to London Bell. Let's go check out where you're gonna go take your date on Saturday. And so he's doing a double date. So we go in, walk right in, and of course I know the Delaware person. I'm like, hey, what's up, Sam? It's like, yeah. hey, what's up, guys? Like she's yeah. just because we've gone in there a few times, and I remember her name. And then her manager, Nikkei, uh, was also sitting next to her. I'm like, hey, Nikkei, I just want to uh, – uh, my buddy here is going on a date, so he just wants to check it out on Saturday. And uh, is that cool? She's like, yeah, sure. And then we, we just walked on in. You know, So we walk on in, and I'm like, yeah, dude, this is a chill vibe. These these places right here you can sit at, this this lounge over here. And then I showed him how we had our mix and mingle back in November on, on that door behind there. So it's like a private room. And he's like, man, this is pretty cool. Yeah. So then we start walking to the back because I think like, yeah, it'd probably be a good vibe in the back for him and his date and uh, his friends. Then when we're at the back there, we see David Tran, who's the owner. And David's there with his buddy. So we don't, we let him do his thing, right? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, he's saying goodbye to everyone. Like, we don't want to step in and, and then say, hey, David, what's up? You know, yeah. ruin, ruin the ruin the. Hey, bottom. David, what are you, are you busy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, of course <laughs> I am. And so, so David, uh, yeah. So David goes and uh, and uh, comes over to us because he recognizes us. And then he's like, I'm like, David, this guy is coming here on a date on Saturday. We wanted to bring him by, show you how cool the, the spot is and help him impress his date. He's like, oh, sure. Let, let's go and, and see where uh, where you can go and spot up with you when you're, you're on your date. And he's like, and then I'm introducing David to my buddy who's the GM of Evo Hotel. And then... You know, again, facilitator of friendships. So David's right. talking to him, establishing that relationship with the guy. Yeah. And he's just like, man, this is so cool. And then David's talking to me and my girlfriend. He's like, hey, you guys going to go get lucky this weekend? I'm going to go both nights. If you guys come, like, hit me up. Let's let's go and hang out together. Yeah. And David always gets VIP. So oh, I'm just like, you know. nice. Yeah, we're going. <laughs> For sure we're going. <laughs> but it's all these sort of things, these relationships. So I have all these club owners because I've established these relationships because I can bring people there. Have a good time. People forge these positive affirmations and, and associations yeah. with their brand that they want to go back. So David now has – he's going to give my buddy a good time, show him, impress his date. Yeah. And then David needs a hotel. Hey, we got the GM on, on speed dial, you know? So it's, it's just these like positive vibes, positive affirmations, great opportunities yeah. that you just facilitate these friendships. Yeah. And people will always associate you with with facilitating that friendship. You know? Yeah, dude, you're 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 right where you need to be, man. Because <laughs> uh, I remember, I know, I probably already said this, but when I first met you, and I I know I did say this, but you just have that energy. 
yeah. you have that energy where people are just like very drawn. And yeah. uh, you you realize a very unique talent that you have, and you use it in a very positive way. You bring a lot of people together. And when you bring a lot of people together, have a lot of good resources and talents, everybody starts using them in a positive way. Hey, I could do this for you. All right, let's let's build something. We can make a company. We can yeah. We can start a podcast. We can start a editing company. Yeah. You know, and it's it's really good to hear that nowadays because you just don't hear it all, all you hear is about i want to be youtube famous i want to be tiktok famous i don't want to ever go outside yeah. and mingle with people and that's where human beings that's what we're supposed to do is mingle yeah help each other out this like weird connection that we have disconnect we have now it, it sucks dude yeah you know and i see it with a lot of my brothers going through it with his kid it's just the social media is just outrageously damaging you know yeah people think it's easy people think yeah. it's easy I, I, there's something about the you know k anders erickson he did this thing called the ten thousand hour rule on violinists or pianists about how you have to play ten ten thousand hours before you become a perfectionist or, or master in it and it's all about purposeful practice is really what it, what it is yeah. it's like going to the gym and just lifting the extra rep so you can feel the burn and your muscle yeah. growth and it doesn't happen overnight. You have to keep hitting the gym every day or every other consistently, right? Yeah. Over 10,000 hours. And so he found that that's, that's the case. But it's about putting in time and effort right? Uh, because you're going to grow your social circles like I have. I just don't show up tomorrow and have a friend because it, I, I just show up. It's because I established and grew and, and have these, these relationships that I developed over the years. Yeah. And the value proposition that I also provide. And the passion and desire i have because like i said earlier like i lost everything so yeah. i uh when i got married i got married in 2008 okay in january 2008 what happened in 2008 that was the uh, economic decline right i bought a house oh and you bought a house during that time Yee. yeah that was probably would you buy a house at sugar house oh so you bought a nice spot too and, uh, you know, you, you live and you learn, but I, uh, yeah. I got denied three times for the loan, but this is how determining, determining <laughs> I am to like, cause I got a new wife. I'm going to impress her and show sure, her yeah. her man. I'm going to take care of. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I'm a man's man. And I got, I got a home. Respect for that. Too. Yeah. I got a yeah. home for, for us to, so we can build our family in, in it and, uh, over leveraged and had to let it go. Yeah. Uh, short sold at home and then collected all the the debts that we had in there and, and filed for bankruptcy. So I, sorry to hear that. No, I'm so glad I went through it because then I know and understand what it takes to be forgiven. So now it made me realize how important it is to forgive because the weight and burden that the debts had on me that kept me up at night, that kept me thinking about my relationship with my wife, putting blame on others instead of focusing back on myself and how I can get out of this, this, situation changed it evolved my thinking into who i am today so going through bankruptcy and literally losing everything and then realizing i can get it all back and some yep that's what's great about living in the u.s yeah if you want to bounce back from it you can i know uh handling my debt right now uh i do i've dedicated to you know dave ramsey absolutely dude i've dedicated to the baby steps and it 
don't get me wrong, it sucks major ass um, because the amount I'm putting away just for my school debt, it's like, dude, I still feel like I'm in college and I've gotten yeah. nowhere. Yeah. Because it just, it, I have to put two grand away and that leaves me with like a thousand bucks. <laughs> <off of. Yeah. laughs> you know, just to, you know, pay other bills like car, yeah. food, and uh, whatever else, the basic necessities. And it leaves me with very little to even go out. Yeah. But I looked at it and he was like, how important is your life and how important is your debt? That's how I look at it. Well, my life's very important. Yeah. My debt is like, well, I can get rid of that. And I, I sat down and I figured out, all right, if I put two grand a month away for the next 10 months, mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm debt free from, I have no car payment, nothing. <sighs> I'm 100% debt free. Yeah. And then that opens up. Now that I have that two grand, since I'm so used to putting it away, what can I do with that now? The habits. Yeah. The habit. The habit sticks. And it's hard, dude. His program is tough, dude. Yeah. He he plays no mercy either. He's like, well, what are you going to do about it? And like, I watch him all the time on YouTube, the way he yeah. handles people. It's like, dang, dude. I get kind of mad at this fool. But it works. Yeah. And... uh but to go through what you did, you lost everything. But you realize, like, dude, with humble experience, yeah. I can get it all back. And you have gotten all back. I believe you have a house now. Yeah. Right? Bought my and, first house on yeah, my own. All yeah, on my own. All on your own. And uh, it, it's just a great feeling. And my car's paid off. You know, my car's yeah. paid off. What? Dude, getting that paid off is like, oh. <laughs> it was this huge burden. I'm like, whoa, there's one, less, paid, one yeah. less payment I have to make. Yeah. And it's just this incredible feeling that you get to have. And, and It's true freedom true freedom it really is yeah you're not in in, in you own servitude to yeah. anybody you don't owe anybody anything and that's like the ultimate like dream come true so. so that's the thing and then so when you can eliminate yourself from like all these kind of type of burdens what now can you think about of, of abundance so i'll give you for example for what you're doing right now you're putting in these 10,000 hours of building your craft, holding on your craft, hitting your craft. You're taking that fucking chisel to that rock and running, like chipping it away. So I'm a Freemason. Yeah. Hey. So I'm a Freemason. I know a lot about Freemasons. So they talk about the rough astler at the altar. You have these tools as a Freemason. You have the compass and the square. Mm-hmm. You are there to take this rough rock and make it smooth and square. Right. And you don't do that from one chip away. You consistently hone at your craft. Yeah. You put these podcasts together. You put these, like, you go out and DJ. You get some sets together. You go and mess up every single time. Yeah. But you know what? People will forgive you because you're trying. <laughs> yeah, and until dude. one day, one day, it hits. Yeah. You hone and hit on your craft. Yeah. And for me... That's how I've been able to do it. I talk to people all the time, but it just didn't come so easy. I told you, I knocked doors. Yeah. I, I had doors <laughs> Dude, slammed Nobody my does face. that anymore either. I knocked That's a hard craft. Doors. Yeah. And I learned how to ask questions. And those questions have allowed me to get to where I'm at. Yeah. So it's all the stuff you've done years prior that you don't realize you're doing today in like Next week, next year, next month, whenever that's going to be, you're going to go back and look at that, look back on that. I'm like, I remember experiencing that, and now I know how to get through it. Yeah. Every single time, man, whatever we do, it has to be in purposeful practice 
that Kay Anders Ericsson talks about. Purposeful practice to help us hone in on our craft. So you can't just take a chisel to that rock without it being a strike that's going to make not a divot, but a straight line. Yeah. Dude, it's funny you say that because uh, putting this together, this podcast, putting all this, you know, all the lighting and, you know, there's, there's some money in this room. Yeah. And it's all all done by me slowly, but surely, like you said, I just didn't get that camera overnight. That took me a year to get. And. I was shooting off my phone for the longest time. Really? And you could see the different quality on my YouTube Absolutely. channel. Absolutely, yeah. And um, I was like, God, dude, like, how can I make this better? Like, you know, like, this is what I really like to do. Because, um, you know, I got a nine-to-five job that yeah. pays for all this. Um, I went to school just like you did. I have very, very high education, very good career. But I know it's not my calling. Yeah. And I always tell my friends, like, look, the, my school was always plan B to get to plan a there you go yeah like i i i knew school is important especially in the united states well anywhere really yeah it's like well you know the problem i have with like these dudes are like go out do your dreams this is that's like well who's gonna pay for all the shit that you need (laughs) you know you can't wake up and just build a studio like this like on hopes and dreams you gotta go to work yeah and that's what they don't tell you like i really get bent out of shape um with some of these guys like you should follow your dreams. You know, you only live life once and this and that. And yeah. Look at me. And it's like, well, you're rich. So you could say whatever you right. want to say. And, but you forget the valuable point of, well, you got to work hard. Yeah. You got to, you may have to work at McDonald's for 20 years before you even see some sort of success in what you really want to do. Yeah. But you don't ever talk about that. That's super annoying. I hate that shit. Yeah. And it's all over social media, everywhere you look. Follow your dreams. It's like, well, these are all rich people telling you this shit, you know? And no offense to rich people, you know, yeah. they, they did it right. They figured out how to get there. But you need to tell them, like, you know, this doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. This did not happen overnight. This was a long thought out. I did this way back in like 2004, I think. Oh, wow. Even before podcasting was podcasting. Yeah. A friend told me about it. He's like, you should do podcasting. I was like, what is that? I got a little tiny mixer. There was no um, video at the time. I had no idea how to do that, but I yeah. figured out the audio. Yeah. And it came out really good. And I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And I did it with my brother for a while. Then I sold everything because I was like, I got to go back to school. Like, I got to get an education. My parents are the type of people that are going to help you out. Yeah. You know, and I was like, I got this school's important. It's always been important. Like, all right. I finished up school. And then when I was done, I was like, man, I'm going to start that back up. Yeah. And, and here it is, you know. Ten years later, see, see what I mean, bro. <laughs> I just, told I just you. held on to it because I knew, like, I'm good—not to toot my own horn, but I'm good at it. You know, I know, I know what makes and looks like a good podcast. Mm-hmm. What's a good interview? Um, I'm a lot like yourself, where I enjoy talking to people, and it's a lot of questions. Tell me about yourself. What do you do? How did you get here? Why? Yeah. And there's like, and a lot of people don't ever get that chance. Yeah. And I'm trying to give people. I always tell people, it's never for me. This is always for you to go back and like, damn, look what kind of human being I am. Yeah. You know? And people don't get that anymore. They don't get that opportunity to talk. I remember hearing, <laughs> uh, Francis Bacon talk about knowledge is power and power of knowledge or something like that. Um, so that always kind of stuck with me. But I remember, you ever get to listen to Rage Against the Machine? Uh, Zach De La Rocha. Yeah. Not the biggest fan, but I know. You know, I, know I, I grew up in this machine. Yeah, yeah. Zach De La Rocha said in the lyric in one of the songs, he's like, 
do you know the power of the question? And like, what? What the hell? What are you talking about, man? (laughs) Do you know the power of the question? So he who controls the conversation, oh no, he asks questions, controls the conversation. Yeah. So one of the things I learned from being on door to door, uh, people will go and like, like, oh, no, no, that's cool. I don't want it. And when I'm selling satellite services, I'm like, oh, hey, what, how size, what's the size of your TV? I'm like, wait, what? Size of my TV? Why does that matter? Oh, no, no. If you want to maximize the, 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 uh, the output of your TV, like, are you getting the right cable? Blah, blah, blah. Like, it allows you to like, have the conversation. Why are you asking me that? Why are you asking me that? Because yeah. this, this, and this. Do you yeah. know the power of the question? So if you can ask a question, you control the conversation. Yeah. It's very true, man. I, I know when I have friends who are in like uh, like crisis mode with something going on in life, I go, I, it's always questions. I don't ever go, how, well, how dare you? Why did you do it this way? It's like, well, how did it get there? Well, this is what kind of happened. I'm like, well, how do you feel now? I don't feel so great. I'm like, remember that feeling. Remember what you went through. Yeah. And remember that. I don't ever want to go through that again. So don't do that again. <laughs> Try something else. Try yeah. a different route. You know? A lot of us are in bad habits, especially when it comes to relationships, you know, yeah. uh, with your significant other. You know, you, I, I have done it too, where it's like, well, I, I'm looking for this. And well, every time I look for that, it never works out. So why do I keep going for it? Yeah. And until you hear yourself say it and realize it, I mean, you won't change. And that's why I always, like you said, I ask questions. Yeah. I was like, did you hear what you just said? How you answered it? Yeah. Here's your answer. Yeah. And, and it, it's so wild, dude. It's so wild. You let people talk. And it's like, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I think it's great what you're doing, man. Yeah. Uh, you're, you know, you, it looks like you, you're a great dad. Your kids look happy. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry to hear about divorce and all that stuff. That's oh, no, never man. It's easy. the best thing for your life, you know? Yeah. Again, again, she's a phenomenal human being. But and you guys uh, met like here? Yeah, in, in Salt, Lake Salt Lake City. We met in uh what they used to what they would call singles ward. Oh, so you guys met through the church. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We I were both LDS, ward. yeah. Okay. Of course, yeah. yeah. And then uh I actually well she's very pretty. I mean she's half Japanese, she's gorgeous. Of course. And uh, <laughs> Japanese great. Asian I'm just gonna go out and say Asian women are by far the prettiest <laughs> yeah. women on the planet. Everyone has their preferences, right? And, yeah. and I definitely agree with you on, on, on the yeah. memory, you know, there's, there's, and I grew up in Vancouver, Canada. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in Vancouver, Canada. The so abundance of yeah. different Asian cultures. So, uh, yeah. So when I saw her here in Utah, I'm like, hmm, a green eyed Asian. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, but again, phenomenal human being. And, uh, but the thing is, you know, we looked at it and we're like, we're just better off being friends and with our kids we never speak bad about each other good for you guys uh, yeah we uh we text about our kids all the time because we know we have to get get along and she is she's an introvert you know i'm the extrovert that's why i think she liked me when we first got together uh but you know things happen we, we move apart and yeah. and she's a phenomenal mother to our children and even yesterday uh, our second son, our second child, uh, Emerson, got accepted into Chinese immersion program. I saw that on your uh, post there. Yeah, Dude, yeah. Guess so cool. my, my my daughter Asher and my son Emerson are both going to be in Chinese immersion program together. Wow. So, so what, what does that program entail? Like so basically, you're going to learn Chinese English. Culture? Yeah, and then you're learning Chinese culture and you're learning Mandarin. And here, and then they, they go to go and take that in Bountiful. 
You know, bountiful of all places, right? Wow, dude, of all places, dude. I, every time I think of Utah, I just think it's just white, white people. You know. Yeah, and that's the nice thing I'm trying to do with my group <laughs> of young professionals. We're we're all about diversity. Yeah, and you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion. I mean, we, we're all about that, and trying to figure out how do we fit in with. The, the, the parameters that we have. Again, you have your rules <laughs> right. of what, what goes. And then we're trying to skirt around those rules and trying to build up to this community that we're a part of. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in Utah. It's very predominant. I'll be up front. Just white. Yeah. White, you know, and, descents. And uh, it's very rare do you see, unless you go to the Asian markets, that's, that's where I go where I see different cultures finally. Yeah. And I, really when I went out, when I lived downtown, I never saw anybody but white folks. Mm-hmm. And I'm very of like European descent, but I'm also very like Spanish and Mexican. Too. Yeah. Like a big portion. I mean, my grandpa's from Mexico. And it's like, dude, I'm not just because I look pale as shit. Cause yeah. <laughs> doesn't mean I'm that all the way through and through. Yeah. You know? And so that's the thing. That's why I love what I get to do is because I allow. We just try to be as all inclusive as possible. You know, we don't care where you're from, who you are. I just want to be your friend. Yeah. And we're all inclusive. Just come and hang out. I'm a friendship facilitator. Yeah. Just come make friends with everybody else and and just have a tribe. I'm just trying to develop everyone to have a tribe. If you're coming from a new movie and transplant to Salt Lake or Utah, I want to give you that friend group. Yeah. I had somebody hit us up on Instagram on uh, Tuesday. And he's just like, yeah, I'm just new here to Salt Lake. I'm like, well, I'm going to give you your friend group, dude. Come and hang out with us. He's like, yeah. and he was so surprised. He's like, what? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, just come hang out. No strings attached. Just be a cool freaking person. Yeah, just be nice. I mean, that's all. I think that's your overall goal, I feel. Just just be nice folks. Do nice things. There's so much, like, just negativity and bad shit mm-hmm. right now. And I feel you on that. I think it's great what you're doing, man. Yeah, and so I keep saying it, but <laughs> it's super cool. Well, uh, I'm all for it because I need a tribe too, man. I mean, I got the few people here that are very important to me. They know who they are, but I think about it too when they're not available. Like, who who do I go to? Like, yeah, I, I hang out with my puppy. Yeah, that's great, but I don't have like friends to call in case I'm in a bind or, yeah. and it, it's scary. It's, quite scary sometimes yeah but that's the whole thing right that and that's why i do what i do so i can help facilitate these opportunities for you to make friends and 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 grow these relationships and opportunities because you never know like you just said like you started podcasting like when oh four you know oh five whatever that was and now you're doing it now uh you never know when friends are gonna you're gonna need to tap on the shoulder to help you out when when you're in a jam or just if you want to just we can hang out yes i just want to talk to i just want some friends to go exactly Someone to talk to, man. It's huge. So that's the, that's <laughs> the thing. If I can help facilitate that, how much better off you're going to be, and then you're going to associate that good good vibes and good feeling with with Vinay because you help help yeah. facilitate that. You know, my friends call me Good Time Vinay because every time you hang out with me, good times. Yeah, it's that's a good time. Up. It is, man, and that's my rep. I mean, that so I have to live up to my rep because I want to make sure you're going to have a good time. I'm going to have a good time. And next time we hang out, we're going to have a better time. Yeah. You know, it just keeps escalating more and more. Uh, and that's, that's why I look. And so I go back to like my, my ex-wife and my kids. So at, at uh, dinner time, so she's a registered dietitian. So her thing is, you know, Ooh, food. Yeah. 
right? And so she, she knows all the ins and outs. She does, and and again, uh, you know, here I am, kind of ignorant as a, as a male and not understanding her feelings and like things like that. When I was, you know, because I grew up with all boys and just like patriarchal kind of kind of mentality and and and, and yeah. stuff. And uh, she had an eating disorder. You know, it was a challenge for her. Wow. And I didn't really understand it because I didn't understand it. I'm, I'm a guy. I'm burned calories. I work out at the gym. Yeah. Like, just go and work out, honey. Just like, don't eat junk. It's just like, I'm telling her what to do, but not listening yeah. to what she's trying to tell me. Yeah. So that's why she became a dietitian. And now, every single night when I have my kids, we sit at the da- dinner table, turn off the TV, and we just talk. Yeah, that's great. And we have, we have, we cook a meal. It's not like I go to McDonald's and like give my kids like McDonald's and like, hey, let's go sit down and at the dinner table. No, it's like I cook a meal. My son, who's five years old, always asks to help me. And I take pictures with him because I'm like, this is so freaking cute because I want him to know when he's 15, when he's a jerk to me, yeah, how cute he used to be. <laughs> when he hits up. that teenage like, damn, I hate my dad. No, no, uh, no, uh-uh, always. Man. You told me you love me. You told me I'm the I greatest you, dad. <laughs> but that's the thing. So I do that. And then my ex-wife does that too. And I say, hey, when you're at mom's house, do you guys watch TV when you're eating? Because they always try to sneak it in. Dad, sure. can I watch TV? Can I watch TV? I'm like, do you do that at your mom's house? No. What do you think you're going to do that in your dad's house? Go back no. and do the questions. Yeah. Yeah. Right? We no. Ask questions, answer. control the conversation. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like We're on the same page on a lot of things when we're trying to develop and rear our kids. And our kids are just phenomenal human beings because I tell them, whenever we go and hang out with adults, you need to say hi. You need to ask them what their name is. And you need to tell them thank you for letting them come to your home. Just simple things. Yeah. You always acknowledge an adult when they're in the room and say, hi, my name's so-and-so. And then you say, hi, what's your name? And you have an engaging conversation. Think about that. They are freaking eight and five, and they're doing that right now. Yeah. Think about when they're 25. People are going to respect that. How much more powerful they are going to have in a conversation because they have 20-plus years of developing yeah. that, that, that craft. Yeah. So a simple, I don't know too many kids that are even doing that at all. But my kids do. It's, it's horrible, man. <laughs> I, feel, I feel so bad for the youth coming up behind us. It's just like, man, I don't know what your yeah. future really looks like, man. Yeah. A lot of parents are just disconnected. It just, it's easier to turn on the TV and yeah. shut you up. It really is. It know? was just a challenge. And I think it's also to our, to us as human beings as a society and like, look, just People want connection. And again, I think that probably goes back to the whole thing. Why I run YP is because I want human connection. I want us to get out. I want us to have build our tribes. Yeah. So with my kids, yeah, they're they're on their tablets. I'm not saying I'm like uh, not going to let sure. them watch TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're sure. on YouTube and Netflix and stuff like that. But when they're with dad, guess what they're not on? Their devices. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because dad's not on his device because dad's having a conversation with you. Yeah. You know, every time I pick them up from school. Uh, from the, their, their daycare because they have an after school program so I pick them up in there when we're driving home for the 15 minutes and I say hey what did you guys do in school today what did you do what words did you learn what what uh, what books did you pick up you know just having a conversation with them and I remember sometimes when I'm just like I'm kind of zoned down to myself and then my daughter will be like hey dad don't you want to ask me what I learned today I'm like oh my goodness but they're so accustomed yeah and then every time when I put them to bed, I'll go into the room, scratch their back, and the question I ask them is, hey, what's your favorite thing about today? Mm. 
I get them to think back and reminisce on their day. So they love that because they're like, dad's coming in, scratching my back. My five-year-old just rambled on what he did during the day. I'm just like, it's not your favorite thing, but just hanging out with your friends and, and eating lunch. and Yeah. And, and, Everything but school. <laughs> <laughs> hanging out was super fun. Yeah, you know, but I hang out with my, when I put my daughter to bed, she'll like actually tell me, hmm, you know what I really loved about today? I did this, this, and this with my friends and made them smile and made them feel happy. I'm just like picking that up from you and your, yeah, your ex-wife. Because I told her as well. I remember when I used to put her to bed, I'm like, hey, Asher, who did you make smile today? And she's like, uh, I made my friend smile because of this, this, and this. And I'm like, yes, see, if you can make somebody smile, how much are they going to associate that good feeling to you making them smile? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're definitely emotional creatures. We are. I, uh, I, I forgot where I read it, but it was just, it's, it was simply put that way. It's like human beings aren't that hard to figure out. We're just emotional creatures. That's it. So if your daughter did something that made a kid feel super happy, yeah, that kid will remember that forever. One it's of the wild, one of the greatest books, the greatest books I've ever read in my whole entire life, was called "How to Win Friends and Influence People" by Dale Carnegie, mm-hmm. written in the 1930s, and it's still a best still a hitter, huh? It is, and he says you need to be lavish in your praise, and you're hearty in your approbation, mm-hmm. meaning. You need to laud people with like, oh man, you're so great. You're so wonderful. And be genuine about it. I mean, you can yeah, tell. Yeah, don't be. Yeah, you know when the phony balonies are showing. Exactly. Like, All right, dude. You know, you can tell when somebody's <laughs> not smiling because it's like the zygomatic process in your eyes. And you yeah, don't get yeah. the crow's feet. And, you know, <laughs> like you're smiling right now. That's I can tell that's a genuine smile, right? <laughs> yeah, you can tell those fake smiles. Like, you can because people are conditioned to understand bullshit. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a risk mitigator, right? We we we're, we try to avoid risk. And, and, and hearty in your approbation. Meaning like, Look, you're a phenomenal person, and here's why I think you are phenomenal. You know, my daughter will go and talk to a stranger, and she'll tell people randomly, hey, I like your earrings. It's like, what? I remember in the elevator, like, last weekend, my daughter's like, oh, you have really pretty earrings. And the lady's like, oh, thank you. You know, like, who's this kid telling me I have pretty earrings? And she's like, what's your name? And this starts off a conversation. Yeah. You know, like, these are my kids who are... Lavishing their praise and hearty in their approbation. <laughs> Dang, they're learning how to good. win friends and influence people. Well, they're learning how to like talk too. They're learning how to communicate, which I feel is such a like undervalued thing in this world. You know, so, just a simple communicate. Like we're having right now. We've yeah. almost gone two hours and it doesn't probably even feel like that. No. You know? I mean, and some people can't even last 10 minutes. Yeah. Eat. You know what? I get um, analytics back on my YouTube channel. Yeah. And I actually get a lot of feedback from my friends. Like, yeah, that was a really great. It's just so long. It's so <laughs> long. You got, you just keep going and going. Like two hours is a long time. And some you know, other very important close people have said the same thing. Like, yeah. It's just very long. I'm like, but do you understand why I like it like that? Yeah. It's because this is a conversation. Yeah. You know, this is a normal thing. If we weren't on video, we'd probably be having anyway. We'd just be chilling out, bro. Yeah. Chilling out on the couch, sipping yeah. some bourbon and whiskey and having yeah. a good time. And that's what I tell people. I was like, I know it's long, but you could always go back to it. Um, some some people have told me, maybe you should split it. I was like, no, nah, but that takes away from the genuine, like, 
yeah. conversation. Yeah. I mean, heck, if anybody, if anything, you can put it at 1.25% the speed or 1.5. That's what I do. Ah. I listen to my audiobooks at 1.25 ah, speed. Yeah, you can speed it up. I didn't think about that. I'm still retaining the content. <laughs> yeah. It's not oh, too fast for me to absorb it. Right. So that's how I listen to my audiobooks. Yeah. You know, and then when I'm reading books, actually, I put it at 2x the speed. So I'm highlighting and reading at twice the, t- the speed that I can read and, and understand, but I'm still retaining because I'm reading it, marketing up in my book, putting in the margins because I can press pause, go back to it, uh-huh. and then I'm listening to it orally. So I'm absorbing all this information of yeah. like how I can build a better widget or yeah. what, what the project is and, and how to find resolve uh, because I'm also making margins in the book so I can flip through it physically and remember, oh, that's that's that issue that they brought up in the in the book and I can relate back to it. Yeah. Yeah. That it's dude, it's so important. I think <sighs> something about continuously said, learning. Continuously learning. And I think um more people are better, better visual or audio listeners. Yeah. Um this whole like read a textbook and absorb it, it's like, dude, I can never get through a textbook. Yeah. I just sat at it and looked at it. I'm like, this is the dumbest thing on the planet. Yeah. You I'll, know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. My uh, So my ex-wife, just how dorky she was, freaking Japanese, right? Like, this, this, And uh, not that I mean Japanese, I mean dorky, but, you know, what uh, her scholastics is, is that she told me when we were dating that she has read every single page and every single textbook she's ever grabbed. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> That's so hard. Textbooks are so just... Yeah, I'm like, you've read every single page? She's like, yeah. And it's just one of these things, being an overachiever. You know, that's yeah. just who she, that's one of the reasons why I loved her, you know? Like, yeah. these sort of things. That, that, that's that Japanese do. culture, though, in yeah, general. You know, just, it's yeah. Still, yeah, I get it. And, yeah. uh, and uh, you know, so she wanted to also make sure she impressed. And, and so I get that sort of stuff. But it also helped benefit for her because she did very well. She didn't need to take... She did her master's program at University of Alabama. Uh-huh. So Roll Tide. And uh, so she didn't even have to take an entrance exam because she did so good in her uh, her sure. undergrad. Yeah, you know. And so that just you know goes to show her her ability to to learn and retain information is yeah spot on. Some people yeah. just can look at some. All right, got it. Yeah, not me. I look at a, a book and go, oh, dude. I, I just start stressing out, dude. It's not for me. Mm-hmm. But when I get it on audio, no problem. Yeah. You know, driving the car, wherever, at the gym. Like, yeah. it just makes sense for me. Yeah. And, uh, one of my favorite apps right now is Blinkist. So, they'll give you a book review that. in 12 minutes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, you get to absorb a, a book review. And I, and what I'll do is I'll put it at 1.5 times the speed and re- listen to it twice. Yeah. You know, so if, if I don't get it the first time because it's too fast, then I will get it the second time because it, it re-hits again. I'm like... I remember the second time I'll hear it. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this because it made this impression in my in my mind. So I'm going to remember it again next time I hear it. So listen to Blinkist. Uh, and then also when I was when I was going through Harvard, I got the uh, student account. I got to cancel my Audible account, but no, <laughs> I had the student rate. And now because yeah, I'm not a student anymore, I dude, got I love being rate. a student, getting all those <laughs> discounts, man. I remember I got Spotify for like five, five bucks, bucks, dude. I, was like, I still have it. Yes, I still have they it. They got me. They're like, nah. <laughs> I couldn't prove it anymore, and they're like, "You have to pay ten dollars." I was like, "Hey, ten dollars right. ain't bad." Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, and I get Hulu with it. Yeah, <laughs> ten bucks ain't bad. But, but yeah, that five, all those, man, you get so many deals on everything yeah. being a student. But right now, I'm listening to <laughs> uh, to Sapiens. Uh, Don't know that one. Oh man, you want to know the history of human evolution? Sapiens. Sapiens. Huh? Yeah. 
It's phenomenal. Just I don't know if I want to know. I think we're, I don't even think we are what we think we are. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're still in the assimilation that uh, Elon Musk talked about, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I was talking about this the other day. I'm like, don't you think it's weird? Like when you get a cut, it heals over time. You just give it enough time, it'll heal. Well, you yeah. break a bone, it's regenerative. It, it heals. Isn't that it wants weird? To keep living. Yeah, isn't that weird? We do not want to die. <laughs> your body, but the beautiful, the weird thing about a human body is it could be your best friend or your worst enemy. Yeah. And that's what's really weird too. It's like, I'm in this body. I don't know why I'm even in it. And yet it could really work for me or I can be stuck in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. So. Yeah. Here's something I don't probably talk about too much about my son. So here's the thing too with him. Um, there's something called hydrocephalus and what it is, it's a fluid in your membrane, uh, in your brain of your body. So you have ventricles in your yeah. brain. So you have, fluid you have that, a drain tube. Exactly. So yeah. I know all about medical buddy. That's where I live in medical. Okay. Yeah. So, um, he's in utero and, uh, they do the ultrasounds and, and so they see like these ventricles are, they're a lot bigger than they should be. Yeah. And uh, here it is. We're in uh, St. George for my ex-wife's uh, residency. So we're living down there. Uh, my three-year-old at the time. We're set up to have our, our second child. And uh, this is when I actually start contemplating my life and, and the life of like the church that I've lived in sure. for many years. And uh, then we get this news that our son may have hydrocephalus. His front prefrontal cortex is not. It's smooth. It's not. The ridges aren't deforming right. and developing. And they, they tell us, like, his ocular nerves are not developing either. He may be blind. Uh, he may not be able to walk. He may not be able to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are going to have a challenge with basically everything and anything you can think of. And so mm-hmm. I am on the verge of understanding that I don't want to be Mormon anymore. Mm-hmm. And in having this bomb hit me and to think to myself, wow. I think to myself, is is the Lord chastening me for not obeying him and sure. understanding that yeah. he's, a, he is who he a is. normal thing that most people go to. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and I'm contemplating. I'm running through it. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with all this. And I get told by these doctors that my child may never walk, see, or talk, ever. And so finally, you know, he, he's born. Comes a day, he's born. I see him come out, this perfect little human being. Yeah. They do the tests, his hands, his eyes. He's he, he's fond of light. And like all these things, I'm like, my heart is welling up as a, as a father sure, to man, see my huge. kid who's reacting the way he's reacting. Mm-hmm. And it's just like this whole, like, just, I, don't, I can't explain it to you, man. Yeah. This welling up of emotion that I get to have. Because my wife is sitting on the table because she just gave birth. And they're, and they're moving him over to this this table to do all the tests with him. Yeah, yeah. And she can't get to see that and to see his eyes for the first time that she, he's ever been born. probably going like this, making sure, dilating and things like and, that. And I just see tears in my ex-wife's eyes and, like, just to see yeah. that, like, and I look over and I'm like, like, this is good. Yeah. This is good. I didn't, I didn't shake my head. I, I nodded to her and you can just see it coming down. And, and again, like, where she's still developing. Yeah. So we're going through our, our things as well, her and I. And uh, so right when he's like a year and a half or so, we get end up getting divorced. 
And, uh, and that's one of the things that wells on my mind is like, how is he understanding still everything? Cause he's not really talking. He's, he's slower when some of the things he does, his motor skills are there. And we had an occupational therapist work with us and like sure. help him to start walking actually, because yeah. he was slow to walk and, and do all these motor skills that you typically should know by this time. So we're just like, oh my goodness. I, so I think to myself, man, I could be potentially getting divorced in my, I'm turning 40, you know, yeah. what's going to happen? Uh-huh. And then I have this special needs kid. Like I'm thinking to myself, who's going to want me? Because of yeah. all this extra burden I have on myself, sure. and then my my kid, like I, I can't be there for him and do all the things as a single dad. So it's like all these things are, are kind of like piling up on top of me. And finally, he starts to speak at the age of three, and you see him now, and then we put him in soccer, and he's playing with other kids and engaging with them. He talks to his sister. He's he's now he's learning math and and words and he's like dad how what do you know how to spell bet it's b-e-t yeah. and you know what you do you bet with it <laughs> like, okay, doesn't mean to make doesn't make sense but all right <laughs> and i look at it and i'm like man you talk about how the body is incredible this kid is not supposed to speak walk, walk talk. or talk but yet he is so defiant to push himself through whatever he went through that he is this just phenomenal little child that I just want to just squeeze and oodle and, and yeah. corral because I just freaking love that because yeah. he should not be doing what he's doing today, but he is it, those defying those odds because that's just who he is. It's about his character. Well, he gets it from you, man. He defines those rules. <laughs> and, like his, and, his, and his wife too. I All mean, right. How can too. I work around that? And his, his, I, I think a lot of that was probably embedded in his brain. I'm like, all right. Uh, all that stuff they said, nah. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the good thing, for right? him, man. I'm happy that he he's, he's got a good life ahead of him. He, he's gonna have a great life ahead of him. Yeah. Does he have a stint put in, or do they uh, hold off on no, that? We held off on that because we wanted to see if it was gonna develop um, on its own. Gotcha. And uh, so it seemed like things were moving normally, and, and he just has a bigger head. To be quite frank with you, sure, his head is sure, just sure. a little bit bigger. Yeah, you know, it's okay. He'll grow into it. Yeah, they into always it. grow into it. Yeah. <laughs> and but you look at him, he's like he just looks like a happy, normal, cute, adorable human being. Yeah, he hugs everybody. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I had that uh, not the same situation, but I had a lot working. I was born with cleft lip and palate, mm. and they didn't even see it. This is where. Technology was not, I was born in what, 86? Mm-hmm. This is where technology couldn't see or even define stuff like that. Yeah. So when I was born, my dad even told me, he said, dude, when you were born, I passed out. I was like, what? Why'd you pass out? I was like, I didn't even know, we didn't even know that was coming about. Yeah. So, so like, uh, I had, I had to battle through everything. I had to battle through hearing loss. I couldn't hear for a while. Vision. Mm-hmm. Um, almost lost my vision and then uh I, you know i was in speech therapy for a while but boy was i a slow learner i yeah. mean slow slow to the point where i was in like special programs after school because they were like i don't know about this kid yeah but even going through all that trauma i mean i had like 20 some odd surgeries just to get to where i'm at now a lot of reconstruction because you know, when you have cleft lip and palate, 
Yeah. It runs all the way through. So you have a gaping hole that runs all the way through. Yeah. That's why I have this scar here. So they just took the lip, stuck it together, and they're like, okay, we got that part figured out. But as he grows, we have to keep molding yeah. his face because he doesn't have that kind of structure where a normal person has and it forms naturally. His yeah. is going to form oddly. So, I mean, I... Dude, I was in a wheelchair at one point because they had to take a piece of my bone and stick it up in my mouth. Really? Because uh, that's how they did uh, bone transplants back then. Now they take it from another human, I guess. Really? Or somebody. But they took it from my hip. I still have the scar. And they put it up here to have a bone transplant yeah. so my teeth can hold on to something. And that one sucked because not only was I in a wheelchair because it hurt to walk, uh -huh. then I couldn't eat. So I was just like, dude, this sucks. Like double, like I can't do shit. You know, I was like 10 years old. Yeah. And I just sat there and I'm like, dude, this sucks. Like, why do I have to go through this? Like, why me? Because I have two brothers, yeah. totally normal, no issues. Yeah. And then I was like, dude, why? Why me? Why? And then I look at like the human being I have become. I'm not here to right. toot my own horn. But I hit a lot of rough patches in the beginning of life where most people hit it at the end. Yeah. You know? So my sympathy for human beings is um, huge. My understanding of pain, trauma, un uncertainty of like, we'll see how it goes. You know, that's my whole life. It's been pain, uncertainty, yeah. trauma, but a lot of kindness from strangers, a lot of doctors, nurses. And naturally that's why I went into medical. So, yeah. You know, and um, it just made me a very compassionate human being. Yeah. Um, because, dude, I, you can hit me with something like, oh, man, that looks like it's tough. Nah, I've been through way worse my they, whole entire life. I got to tell you the story <laughs> that I had. I, so I met this guy when I was doing my sales. He's down in Las Vegas. Um, again, the whole LDS connection, like we just kind of clicked. Yeah. Um, and so this is what, eight? or so nine years ago and then he gave me a sales call approach because that's what he was training and doing and so we kind of connected and we stayed on facebook friends for a while anyway he's she's gone kind of gone through some some stuff and uh anyway uh i follow him on instagram and i just randomly texted him like so let's connect and because some some things he posts and like hey i need feedback that's what yeah. i do because I, I engage with people on, on yeah. social media yeah. the whole extrovert piece of me to have if i don't ask you a question you're not going to respond so if i because you're not going to ask me a question i'm going to be proactive in it yeah. that's my whole thing right anyway finally then it happens over the weekend and he gives me a call on monday we're playing phone time back and forth probably like the fourth time we've tried to call each other we were both busy finally we get to talk we talked for about uh, just under an hour anyway he's telling me the story about having bell's palsy he oh, just yeah. had it yeah and, know you know, think about it, right? Your, your, your whole face is bloop. Yeah, just droops. Yeah. And so he's just like total random. So he's going through his divorce. He's a single dad right now. Super handsome dude. Uh, outgoing. He had, he's telling me he's not like, well, he's diagnosed bipolar. Uh, uh -huh. So he's gone through some challenges of, of, of life. Same here, man. I didn't find out I was, uh, I was diagnosed bipolar like two or three years ago. Fuck, that makes so much go. sense to yeah. too. A lot of like my struggles with like happiness, sadness, happiness, sadness, happiness, like manic episodes. Um, my parents never 
they're like, oh, you yeah. Know, and then they come to find out, like, oh, yeah. I had to find on. it out. Like, yeah, hey, and that sucks. <laughs> so it's a thing. So you, you don't know this one, even when you're in a marriage. And that's why you do yeah. certain things. And like, yeah, you don't understand. With, you don't, you don't, right? Yeah. Anyway, the, and then the whole patriarchal cultural, like, it's just, that, again, topic for another time. But yeah. he tells me the story of like how he had Bell's palsy. And he's like, dude, it was my fourth day being in my house alone. And I'm a social creature. And I'm like, I can't do this. Like, my face is messed up. I can only talk on like one side of my face. And, it's yeah. like, and so he's just like, he thought, this is why I freaking like this, this guy. He's just like, I thought to myself, where can I go where people are going to give me the, the highest self-esteem? And I live in Vegas. You know where he went? Strip club. Yeah. He went to the strip club. He <laughs> went to the strip club. And then, again, he's a handsome dude. He, he yeah. has, a, has the same face, resting face. Looks good. But when he smiles, it looks looks off. And he starts yeah. telling these strippers, he's like, yeah, just so you know, I have Bell Palsy. It's not because I'm weird or anything like that. Sure. You are extremely attractive. Thank you for dancing with me or by me. And like, I, you just help me feel better about myself. And they're like, oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, oh, baby. And again, this yeah. whole, he's like, I will go somewhere where I pay them to give me a, a higher self-esteem. I'm like, bro, I'm that's at that. genius. Yeah. That's freaking genius so here's the thing he goes and does that then uh, a week or so later he goes to an event and meets these bunch of people meets these two girls who end up being in a couple together uh-huh. and then he's just like meets them and then has a little excursion sure and then sure. he's just like dude i had my first threesome ever in my life and now they want me to be in a thruple with them and i'm just like all rubble. I've never yeah. even heard of a yeah. so three way couple. I don't know, man. Interesting. And it's so, but he was just so elated. Are so wild. Yeah. <laughs> because he was just like, look, if I didn't have my Bell's palsy and force myself to get out and and be comfortable with it, I still have it right now. It's going away. It's getting a lot better. Yeah. But now, because I did that, I had the confidence to talk to these girls who then had the confidence to like bring me into their like relationship. Oh, and he's like, I'm, I'm not being a, like I'm not having a thruple with them, but it's like sure it no, was cool no. to have that experience that I would never have had before, and now I have this phenomenal experience that I'm going to have for the rest of my life because I decided to not let my disability be who I was. Yeah, like bro, this is why I freaking love you, man. Yeah. Like this is why I'm. This is why I, there's those people out there, man. I know for me, I could have easily been like. You know, F the world, like everybody's against me. I have every reason to be an alcoholic or drug addict or a very bitter person. Yeah. Every reason. And I don't think anybody would be like, no, like that. But I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to be like that. I I just feel like there's more. I've been through so much that I could help so many people in so many different ways. Under, I can understand so much that most people can. And I was like, I, I'm going to go that way with it. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, dude, I'm surprised you're as nice as you are. Or like, <laughs> dude, I couldn't even tell. Like, I tell people what went down and they're like, yeah. I can't even tell. I was like, trust me, I could tell. I wake up every morning to it. Like, right. I, I I see all the wrong, but I see all the good too. And um, like your friend, he could have went the other way with it. Yeah. Like, you know what? I'm I'm stuck at home. Nobody likes me. Nobody wants to talk to me. I'm going to drink. I'm going to do, I'm just going to disappear and yeah. be bitter. And he went the other way with he it. Went, he did. He had a great, he's having a great time. Yeah. And those are the people you want to 
encourage. Yeah. I can't like I have a brother who's in jail right now, heroin addict. Uh-huh. Went the total opposite way with life. And I talked to him all the time. I was like, Kevin, do you not know what I went through? You saw it. Yeah. I was like, if anybody should have been way off the edge, it could it should have been me. And you had everything given to you. This boy had a house mm-hmm. bought for him at one point. You know, cars, money given to him, everything. And I was like, do you do you not see like how weird that is? Yeah. Like, so uh, it, it, it's just wild how some people. I it it's it's really weird. Like I I gravitate to people more who have been through shit. Yeah. You know? I I have I have sympathy for those who kind of had it tough, but I also don't go. That's it. Yeah. You know. And but that that's on me. I don't know. That probably makes me look like a bad person. I don't even do. But it's like ah, you know, like you didn't yeah. have it that hard. So it's funny. So <laughs> when I went to lunch with that Rob Joseph guy, his, his kid Alex was telling me this bunch of stuff. He's very heady, very philosophical, and he says this thing to me. He's like, um. How can I say it right? He says, what you don't earn, you don't possess. Right. Okay. Totally, dude. So if you know what you went through to get that article, then you know how hard it was to gain it. So now you possess it. Now you hold it. Now it's your tangible or intangible object that you get to have. But if if it was given to you, you don't have that association how it was given to you. Right. You know, somebody gave you a home or... Or get got you out of the situation and burden, you don't know how to associate from that. So you're you're leapfrogging and not realizing what that uh, what what it took to get out of that scenario. So then you can't learn from it down the line. What you don't Dude, what you don't earn, you don't possess. Yeah, man, that's why I wish my brother, I wish my folks would have told them that. But that's the thing. Maybe they haven't gone through some things that they needed to earn because yeah. they didn't possess it. So. With my kids, I go through and have them have these conversations with random adults because random adults will talk to little kids. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm doing it now with these kids because then when they become tweens and teens and adults, when they don't want to talk to anybody, they've established and developed all these skill sets when they were younger to have the ability to talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's so wild, man. I. With what you just said, like I, my younger brother, just he never really had it that tough. It, it was always very, everything was kind of just given to him. Yeah, and I, a lot of it, maybe where he's at, is probably majority of everybody else's faults. Yeah. Um, but like you said earlier, it's like people generally like to help people, mm-hmm. and the attentions were always good. Like, man, I do, I do not want to see you on the streets living in your car anymore. Yeah. Let's fix that. But for them not to get out of it on their own. Yeah, I see I see what you mean. Yeah. They they're just like, Well, somebody will help me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could do this over and over and over. And here's one of the <laughs> one of the uh, most important words I ever learned in selling. Uh, I would talk to gatekeepers to get into other departments and, and, and the likes. So you go through this dispatch, right? And I would say Oh man, yeah. I'm, here, here's my scenario. How can you help me? Right. I would emphasize help, and probably like eight times out of ten. Oh, okay. This is who who person you should be talking to. 
And I would be genuine in my scenario, right? How can you help me find such and such contact or the person that does this, this and this? Yeah. And if I did contact them, how? what's the best approach? How can you help me connect with them? What's the best approach to connect with them? Bro, I can't tell you how many times I was able to get through these gatekeepers who were told not to get through to these people. <laughs> yeah. It's this whole genuine approach of help. How can you help me? Because us as human beings want to be able to be tribal, want to be able to part, be part of something. Right. And sometimes like we call it social engineering where the using it for manipulative reasons, but it's really because the social engineering is understood by these base feelings of helping. People always want to help. So understanding that, but using it in a genuine format, it's going to pay out dividends for anybody who leverages that that way of thinking. How can you help me? Like you asked, you want to come on my podcast? Sure. Because I'm helping you grow your podcast yeah now you in turn are gonna help me because i see your your dj stuff here you can edit i'm doing all these events i may not have my my videographer may be booked now i got you i can reach out to and say do all this backup stuff it's like all these things i'm helping you do this podcast putting out this content and in turn rest you down the line are going to be able to help help me you yeah in some way shape or form because there's always this equilibrium that always has to come into the to alignment we always revert back to the mean so however that relationship is it's always going to revert back to the mean there's never going to be a deficit or an uh influx in either way yeah that is so true man humans helping humans dude cheers cheers dude what'd you think of this uh so this is a uh this is ten year Templeton Rye. This is this is nice, man. This is smooth. It's nice, huh? I was gonna say I almost like this more than the Johnny Walker, but you know, hey, teach Scotch is that... Scotch is a very unique taste. Yeah. Um, for people who are not familiar with Scotch, Scotch is only made in Scotland. That's yeah. Scotch, Scotch. Yep. whiskey. So you, you're not gonna get anything made in the U.S. That's yeah. Scotch. Um, their taste buds are different, man. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I've had multiple different scotches. I was like, God yeah. damn, this is disgusting. And then I had Johnny Walker Blue Label. Um, and I can know. see why you keep it in the box. Yeah, dude. It, it's such a pricey, beautiful thing. Yeah. And then I found, I didn't even know, Templeton Rye, the rye, I love rye. Um, I didn't even know they made a 10-year. I found this in Vegas. Yeah. Because they have a four and a six. That's all I would get. Four, six, yeah. four, six, fourth year or the sixth year. I was like a ten year. And I was like, "Damn, this is it's not as strong, but it's very like it's very smooth." Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's very nice. So the the more you can get a dated, um, I can see alcohol is there's a reason why it costs yeah. more. <laughs> so, but yeah, but I'm glad you like it, man. Yeah, it's delicious. Templeton is by far my favorite rye, um, whiskeys, whiskey. Yeah. But when it comes to whiskey, whiskey, man, I don't know. There's so many. So many. There. Which ones have you tried so far? Man, I'm not. Uh, I'm just, just getting into the sort of things right oh, now. You dude, know? I could show you the world oh, of uh... bourbons and whiskeys <laughs> and rice, right. dude, whatever. Anytime you go out, like, hey, what should I try? Just give me the list. I'll show you. All right. So you got it, bro. And uh, especially, are you into Japanese whiskey? <sighs> Dude. Last night I had my uh, had a Japanese whiskey uh, drink and I'm like, 
Which one did you have? I can't remember, but it was just, it was phenomenal. Was it Hibiki? I have, I can't remember. Can't dude. remember? Gotcha. There's some. Oh, I, I have had Hibiki. Hibiki. Somebody gave it to me as a gift. Oof. Hold on to that. That's that's still far. One of my favorite. And Yamazaki, the 12 year is really good. I'm not sure if you had that one yet. Mm-hmm. Um, do not try the Santori one you see at like the liquor store. Really? It comes in like a little square one. Yeah. Not good. Okay. Yeah, don't. That's good to know. garbage. But Centauri makes really good whiskey, just not that one. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha, man. I think that's like been in the barrel for like uh, like 30 days. It doesn't yeah. age long. But... Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you know, these uh these these coasters, you know? And uh, I said to you, oh, Endless Summer. And you're like, dude. dude not a lot of people know what that is. Yeah. Endless one Summer. of the best surf movies ever. Yeah. Still to this day. And I was uh, I was telling you how before the, the we started recording how my ex wife uh, did a year in University of Hawaii, and she surfed every freaking day. Man, what is I that like, that, man? Dude, that that's, you probably feel so relaxed. And relaxed. Yeah, she was saying that's the best time in her life she, she could remember. Yeah, and it was always something I tried to. You, know, you can't do that when you have kids and all this sort of stuff, right? But she is now able to like reflect back on the, like those good wholesome times with the friends she made from her life when she was there in Hawaii as a poor ass college student. Dude, those are the funnest times. Yeah. Yeah. And she reflects back on those and it's like endless summer and she always loves endless summer. You know? This is the best video ever. I know. I remember when they're saying it, but God, it's good. When they're going to fill up gas and it's like a, such an expensive price or something like that. It's like, what? Oh, like a dollar or something? Like yeah, 50 like, what? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like so expensive here it's in so California. Yeah. Like, yeah, dude. Oh, my goodness. No wonder it's, now it's like six bucks in California or something like that. It's, it's just so funny, man. Bro, what is your feeling on where the world is right now with? Ah, that's another. That's too in-depth. I wake up. So we won't go way into all I wanted, it, but all I like I'm so stressed. I'm like, fuck, are we gonna get nuked? Here's the thing. Is this coming? And here's the thing you got to I learned this when I was going through my um my bankruptcy, is that you can only control what you can control. Fair. Do not fet yourself with these these thoughts of these global powers and people who are out there trying to persuade and push you into one direction or another. You get to control your universe of how you get to control it. And one of the reasons why I also like stoicism, because I need to be present with who I am. Yeah. When uh, the, the, the Seneca and, and, and these guys that, that were, uh, they talk about how if you're going to die today, die the best day you'll ever have. Yeah. Memento mori. Remember, you will always die. True. That keeps you humble. Memento you know, it's more. weird that you say that because when I like think about a purchase I need to make, I'm like, ah, should I wait? Should I plan it out a little bit more harder? Should I, you know, then I go, it's like, dude, you can, you can die in a heartbeat. You could die and have an aneurysm as you're buying this shit. Just, you know, be mindful. Don't go into debt like unnecessarily. Right. But if you're like, dude, I, I really want to try this, and, you know, do it. Yeah. You know? Gain the experiences. Know what you yeah. control. Know what your you limits. control. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because you're going to live to 100. Don't don't do things that are going to divert from away from that. Yeah, yeah. It's really weird. You bro, you just said that because I think about. I was like, don't stress about it, bro. You're gonna you're yeah. gonna die anyway. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's weird, huh? Yeah, when the the uh, the I guess the Roman empires when they come back from war, they would have the slaves like they would be chair on chariot or whatever they, they would be prancing into the city, and the slaves would also always boy say up to them, "Memento mori, memento mori, memento mori," because remember, you will one day you will die. True. Put things in perspective. Do not let your pride get in front of your humble being humble. Right. Because in a second, it will be taken away from you. I yeah. know what it's like. I've lost everything. Yeah. Anything and everything will be taken away from me at some point in time. I want to build up everything that I can around me because when something, when one pillow falls, I have so many other pillows holding me up. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, Dude truth. <laughs> truth. But yeah. I do, I do worry though about our our state of uh, the United States and its well-being. We'll be okay. We'll be okay. But it's gonna be tough. I think I'm gas sure will, will hit at least ten dollars. Will be the minimum sooner or later. That's why my girlfriend drives a Tesla. Yeah, <laughs> but there's. And, have you heard yeah. the conspiracies about all that too? Man, I don't know. I'm a I'm a Freemason. Yeah. All right. You want to know about conspiracies? <laughs> There's so much. There's so what many conspiracies. Just listen about a podcast about Freemason. I I know a lot about Freemasons. I'll I'll tell you what. We could talk. I absolutely will tell you this. People have loose lips, and it's so incredibly hard to keep a conspiracy together. That's true, man. Yeah. That it. That yeah. You can go on true. the internet and know what we do. True. It's it's. People did, have loose lips. How did you get into? Dude, it's so weird because I was looking into Freemasons. I heard I listened to podcasts about it. Freemasons. I was like, "Dang, I wonder what it's like." So being <laughs> I mean, LDS, I know you can't go way into. Yeah, but no, I, I can L- tell you about being LDS, right? Like it was the Elders Quorum. Yeah, Elders Quorum Freemasons. Elders Quorum is what the fraternity of Freemasonry. What it was, it yeah. is right. It, mm-hmm. That's the foundations is built. It's, it's Freemasonry. And then also, you know, the founding fathers of the faith of Mormonism were Freemasons. Uh-huh. They, for all intended purposes, if you want to say like they were inspired, they took it from it, whatever you want to say. But yeah. yes, the temple ceremonies we do have are inspired from Freemasonry. From Freemasonry. Yeah. yeah. Because we came from the, the Temple of Solomon. Yeah. So how I came about with it is that I used to work at the University of Utah and then I had somebody come in and say and wanted to advertise. Uh, so I worked on the media, uh, media, com- uh, media. It was a crony, so for all yeah. intent purposes, the, the, the Chronicle, and I'd sold advertising there. And somebody came in and said, "Hey, we're doing this Freemasonry event at the Temple at on South South Temple and Seventh East. Right, uh, come through and, and hang out." I'm like, "All right." So I told my ex wife, like her and I went there, and so we sat up in there, and then we heard the story of like, "Oh yeah, you can't be Mormon and a Mason." And they're like, oh, okay, hold on. Let's ask a Mormon who's a Mason right now what happens. And the whole thing with like polygamy and like being, you have to abide by the laws of the land of the, as a Freemason. So because uh, Mormons practice polygamy, it's against the, the rules of the, the land, you couldn't be a, a Freemason. So that was the whole thing there. And they got rid of that. So in 84, they instated like Mormons could be Masons. And so, but it's never been something that the Masons would like go and proactively, oh, yeah, oh, we can get all these Mormons to come into our, sure. yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. because in Freemason, we don't talk about religion. We don't talk about politics. Two taboo topics mm-hmm. because we do not like conflict. We want to build a brotherhood between the, the, sure. all of us, right? I thought, uh, so um, when you do become a Mason, don't you have to have some sort of belief in a higher power? You cannot be an atheist. And we put that 
into our gotcha. uh, bylaws and, and you shake and give a grip and, and agree to the fact that you will not be an atheist. You can believe in any other higher power. It does not have to be a deity. Sure. It doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be, be the mother, quote unquote God. No, you can be yeah. believe in Mother Nature. Like Mother Nature, something created us. Like again, we have limited knowledge. That's true. So something created you and I. It could have been evolution. So maybe let's believe in evolution. And yeah. evolution is our our creator, right? It it could be that. I don't know, but yeah. I will not say that it's just one one God, one dude, about. a dude, dude too. or d- dudes or a, a <laughs> female, yeah, dudes, whatever that may be, females. right? Yeah. <laughs> so I believe that we were created somehow, sure, from something uh, because we just didn't ev- just evolve out of nothing. Something sparked, yeah, and was the catalyst for us. And again, maybe it could be this whole simulation that Elon Musk talks about, but whatever that may be. Right? <laughs> he's such an interesting dude. Yes. I but, mean, I don't agree with him on everything. But I'm like, he's a thinker. He's a thinker. He's, he, not, he's, he on, the, that he's on the spectrum. That's why, you know. He's definitely he's, on the spectrum for sure. For sure. So, yeah. So, again, being a Freemason, that's why we believe in what we believe in. We hold these, like, we, we were a fraternity. So, we're the original fraternity that's been around for centuries. Oh, yeah. Because decades, years, millenniums. So since the what? do you get do you do you get a lot of shit from being a Freemason? Never. Wow. Okay, that's good. So again, I'm not a, against it. You know, it's no different for me from someone being religious, yeah, Catholic, Christian. You know, you found something that you like that works for you that you feel connected with. Yeah. But a lot of people do do the conspiracy behind Freemasons uh, is yeah. insane. Yeah. Some of it. People want to give uh, give validity validity to whatever they want to give, but sure. like so I was saying, so with my ex wife, we went to a, an open house, and and that's when the guy was like, "Hey, you can be a Mormon as a Freemason." And my ex wife leans over to me, she's like, "You need to join these guys." Wow! And I'm like, and she "What?" Was for it, huh? Oh, she was totally about wow. it. Wow! Because she knows what my strengths were, you know, like, yeah. hey, it's people. People. I'm, I'm very good at people. She's not right. She's good at the operational and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But she knows Vinay is like the front guy. So go and make these connections, make these opportunities, and, and build our family together. So that's why I was able to, and as a, as a Mormon at the time, I was, I was true believing Mormon, the TBL TBM that we used to call it, true believing Mormon. Yeah. And so that's why I would, uh, that's why I went. But it's all about confirmation bias. So when I did my first initiation, you go through, and I'm just like, holy crap, these are a lot of similarities between the temple ceremony I did and then the Freemasonry ceremony I did. And like my eyes were open that I knew from good from evil and like how things w- would happen and like how they would transpire and Adam and Eve and, and the creation. I'm like, Whoa. I tell my, I try to tell my parents, I'm like, you know, a lot of your temple ceremonies are from <laughs> Freemason, like kind of like pulled over and reworked. Right. And they're like, mm-hmm. no, I was like, do you know, Joseph Smith dad was a master Mason. <laughs> and Joseph Smith was and, too. Yeah. And he was too. I'm like, a lot of, of your them. ceremonies and the things that you wear are from, and they, I was oh. like, look at your garments. I know there's a compass and square on there, buddy. I'm not uneducated yeah. here. He's like, no. Nah. I was like, okay, dad, whatever. <laughs> I was like, you got, you have the foundation of Freemason in your, you know. In your belief system. In your belief system. Yeah. So, so that's the thing. So, I mean, people can believe how they choose. And, and sure. that's the thing that I love about free agency because you yeah. are an agent unto yourself and you get to choose for how you believe and what you believe. And whatever reasons those may be, 
you get to have that opportunity to do so. And then as a Freemason, I'm not going to thwart on your right to believe in, believe in whatever you believe. Just don't push me in towards what you believe. Yeah. Let me come to the, my conclusion. I will meet you on the square with my hand held high. Yeah. And yeah. I will give you my grip and my sign and show you I'm a true Freemason. And I, irregardless of who you are and what you believe, you will always be my brother. Damn, dude. You have me intrigued. I have always been intrigued by Freemasons. And, because honestly, that's what I was taught, not knowing I was being taught that. Yeah. Um, I, it's really weird that I was thinking about I was looking it up too. Was like, Where's one in Utah? <laughs> I don't know. People can go down the rabbit hole of conspiracy oh, theories. Oh, for sure, you, man. You can get lost. But I'm sure just, there's people going to be listening like, oh, he's, I'm like, you don't know. I'm part of the Illuminati, but yeah, like, you know how hard it is to be in the Illuminati or even put together even, an Illuminati I don't group even and, know who you find in the Illuminati. Oh, man. They, it came out of Freemasonry, real. but yeah. even, it's just, it's just, people have loose lips. You sign NDAs? No, nah, people people still blab. They want to boast. They want to brag. It's It mm-hmm. does not exist. And I just... Well, you're one of you the know? nicest Freemasons I've ever met. Well, we're all fucking nice, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's a, yeah, that's the thing. I don't I don't know a lot of Freemasons. Yeah. And I hope people are listening like, oh, you know, don't judge this very nice human being who's coming, opening his life up. You don't have to even come on here. Right. Talk about what, everything you're doing, your family, your kids. You don't have to do that. Yeah. You know? And I don't care. You could be Freemason. You could be Illuminati. You could be... If you're a nice person, yeah, you're a nice yeah. person. I could be a Luciferian, bro. Yeah. I could be a Lucifer. Believe yeah. in it. Whatever. Yeah, you could believe in the devil or you could believe in those, what, that. what's that owl thing that they believe in? Those yeah, bohemian growth. Yeah, bohemian growth. Yeah, Whatever. Could, yeah. Just be a good, decent human <laughs> being to me and I'll do the same. Yeah. Reciprocity, right? Yeah, I could probably have beliefs that you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> But aliens what yeah <laughs> aliens what oh man dude did you really think that there's aliens out there oh my god I there's got to be other bullshit there's got to be other solar systems that are out there again we have no proof exactly but do you really think like aliens will come to our planet and, and leave us alone right <laughs> if i were an alien if i were a human being and i was like i could go to jupiter no problem i right i'm like you th- really think i'm not gonna fuck with you a little bit right and see how you are. And this is the thing. <laughs> Human beings, right? We were, we're conquerors. Yeah. You know, I'm, again, Sapiens talks about how you go to all these like areas of the world and you conquer them and you absorb their 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 interests and who they are. Yeah. But you bring in your culture and that's the dominant culture. So that's why you look at the British Empire across the world, but the Brits weren't the first ones to go and dominate no. the world. Who is it? Was it the uh, Vikings? The port, well, Vikings fell apart because they didn't have the structure. And, uh-huh. and here's the thing. with with So you look at the Portuguese who are, who are Catholic. Oh, yeah. You look at the French who are Catholic. You look at the Spaniards who are Catholic. Spaniards took over. They oh, did. my God. They conquered yeah. everything. But they tried to um, be missionaries and convert because that right. was their purpose and their mission. Right. And that's how they got all these people to convert and bend the knee to the, the the religion that they had. Yeah. But you know what the, the British did? They were Protestants. They did not give a crap. Uh, you can have your own religion, do whatever you want, just trade with me. Uh, give me your goods and I'll give you ours and then let's go and spread it across the world. Alexander the Great was the same way. 
how did he go in like he's 33 years old and he finally passes on like how did he go and conquer basically a continent because he kept the rule of law that he had they had in but they were also to pay back to the crown and then give these education and these opportunities to all these sort of people yeah you know it's wild, dude. when you go to convert so people and take away this is why it's so important agency right yeah. agency agency you take away somebody's right to choose they're yeah. gonna hate you for it yeah look at nazi germany hate it's so wild that people still are like for hitler you know you know but you take what away somebody's fuck? right to choose right that's where you were going to fall away and not have leader followers and you're going to be a sole leader of none yeah. fuck <laughs> dude human humans are wild bro so we are so wild mm-hmm. and to some of the shit that that comes out of our mouths like the whole yeah. alien thing is so dumb <laughs> i you know there there's people who have taught me like dude you should read this book like it's for sure roswell for sure i'm like right, you right. really think that's for sure <laughs> come on yeah like here, here's my here's my thing about aliens if they're real mm-hmm. they never get out of their ships why it's because they're not real (laughs) you know if i was a new species getting out of land i was like all right man let let me step out and see yeah how how is nitrogen gonna affect your skin or the ability to breathe right you know it's just these little smooth humans like this yeah Uh, that doesn't make any sense maybe yeah i don't know i don't buy that shit dude i don't buy any of that shit well like, why would you believe? It was funny. Some of my friends were like, oh, dude, the CIA let them. Like, you really believe the CIA has the best interest in you? Right. And they're going to let this out? Yeah. Come on. You're not that special. Yeah. We're not that <laughs> special to them. All they care about is you going to work and making a paycheck so they can jack your ass every month. Yeah. You know? Dude, my, my taxes. Oh, I can go on so much shit that doesn't you make totally any can. sense, dude. Like uh, my tax, dude. I got. I did my taxes. I do. I make pretty good money. Yeah. And I was like, I got two hundred fifty bucks back. Hey, at least you got something back. I was like, hold up, you guys almost took ten grand from me that I could have. You yeah. really use and put it towards my school loans. That's where I don't like the tax system how it's set up that you don't right. get to pick and choose how your taxes are used. Yeah. I really think that should be back to the human being. Like, say you have a school loan, but you have a really good job. I was like, well, then, then take those taxes and apply it to my school loan. Right. That'll be my monthly payment. But they just jack your ass without even going to work. Yeah. Uh, huh? That's what. That's a Chris Rock line. Rock, yeah. Chris Rock sign. Yeah. Rock line. Yeah, for stand up. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's called getting jacked. Yeah. <laughs> oh man I hate, it. I hate it bro uh i mean i understand why we need taxes but it's like dude it's being spent in so many wrong directions i don't really know where it goes yeah i mean i don't know if you do no it's i don't think a lot of people know. And, yeah and they just spin 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 it's like mm-hmm. well can i kind of tell you where i would like it to go yeah there's some foundations i would like to give it to like you know, uh, Operation Smile, where they do cleft lip palate yeah, repairs. Exactly. I would love to give the majority of that to them. But they just spin it on dumb shit. I have no idea why. Right. You know, well, it man. It goes in their pockets. 
I gotta tell you, <laughs> this has been fun. I've thoroughly enjoyed. Dude, thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate your time. And I know we've gone back and forth for a couple weeks here. Yeah. Trying to like figure this out. And I just remember putting my <laughs> post of myself when I was married, living in St. George. And I ironically had the same golf shirt and same blue shorts and swing in my golf club in Mesquite. And uh, I was probably 220 pounds or something like that. And, and uh, yeah. <laughs> And then I did mine back in, and that was November of, I don't know, remember 2014 or 15 or something like that. And then I put myself now and I'm just like, I look at myself, I'm like, holy crap, that's a fucking glow up, man. Yeah. Like I, and then you're like, dude, you need to come on my podcast and talk to me about your life and who you are. And like, how do you look like this now? Versus yeah. like, <laughs> I remember I was like, hey, do you do testosterone? Because I remember yeah. you were posting gym pictures. I was like, damn, this fool is in shape. Like, Yeah, not just- yet. Thick I'm trying and beefy and like I'm trying to hold off as long as I can because once you get on it, you can't get off it, dude. I'm on it. And I did know? my blood work, and the doctor's like, "Do you know where your free T is oh. at?" I was like, "No," and he's like, "Dude, you're at four, and the normal range is eight to twenty-five. So you're at four. This was this was not even me doing testosterone yeah. or anything, but I always felt like, dude, I feel like shit. I'm In tired. The, yeah, my do my muscles hurt? I can't, my back is always fucked. I was like, this doesn't feel right at 35. Yeah. Like, sums up. So I finally found a dude that was really to work with me, and I told him, this is what I've done so far. Yeah. I've done every vitamin you can think of naturally, yeah. all the food, all that shit. I was like, I I can't figure out why I feel like garbage. Yeah. So he's like, all right, let's test it out. I was like, whatever, dude. He's going to be like every other doctor. That yeah. Was like, You're normal. He's like, yeah, I came in for a follow-up. He's like, you got a couple of problems. <laughs> oh, okay. So then they diagnosed you, and then you're like able to like now get on T, and it, I guarantee you it's improved your mood. Bro, let me tell you. I've been on it for seven days so far. I have to do – so my thyroid was underactive. Yeah. It wasn't – I was underactive and overproducing T4, which T4 is actually really bad for men. It's like – very detrimental to your health. You have mm-hmm. a little bit, but I was over overproduction. He's like, we're going to shut that down, and I'm going to give you a cream, and you're just going to rub it on your inner thigh, Yeah. and we're going to do, we're going to build you up to a very nice level. We're not going to do the injections, because the injections, which I didn't know, is very uh, synthetic. So you get these really high peaks and valleys. Yeah. Like you're going to feel great, and then you're going to die. You're going to feel great. He's like, dude. What I'm going to give you, this cream, is it's going to get you up and you're going to stay here. Yeah. No more of ups and downs. I was like, all right. So I've been on it for seven days. My back feels better. Yeah. I am able to go to the gym and like work out, work out and yeah. not be sore. The next, I'm a little sore, but not like I used to. I couldn't move like the next day. I can bend over now without getting stuck. And it's so It's funny. so fucking crazy, dude. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. <laughs> and then like you look at back when we were kids and like how, oh, steroid, boom, that's bad. Like. Well, now it's it's the norm, right, for us. But they now, because they have the ability to put signs and it's it's you got off these regulations and yeah. that allowed men to understand their bodies. And to be men. And to be men. Yeah. And the, the whole thing is because there was this stigma behind it mm-hmm. of like taking testosterone. You're going to have these roid rages and like yeah. all this stuff. Your nuts are going to get small. <laughs> you know what? 
But if men can't be men, the whole thing of mas- man masculinity and, and like go off on that again, another topic for another day. But like that's the thing. If we need to be men. We need to be leaders. We need to be alphas. Do men are natural? I'm a hundred percent with you. We are bred to be hunter gather like hunters, not gatherers. More hunters. We're we're aggressive human beings. Look at like when the war, when the draft happened. Who went first? Men. Why? Because we're aggressive motherfuckers. Because yeah. when we get mad, we get mad. And they want to use men to do it because, dude, we're just built a different way. We're built bigger, stronger, faster. Yeah. Like, we're just... So the reason for... It, it, it's wild, dude. And then so you see, I, and just because I've, I've had people I know who I can see them before T and after T and how good they are now. Yeah. Because now they're on it. And they're not aggressive. They're not like no, these boys. Yeah. It just makes you feel better, better. about yourself. Yeah. And My you can feel better. better. Right? That is what's <laughs> so more important. Crazy. That is what's more important because now yeah. you're going to be a better human being and, and have the, all these emotions, ability to like be a better leader and, and, right. and help people out than before when you were just irritable all the time because right. you're on your low T. You're not serving your purpose. It's because there's a chemical imbalance in you. Yeah. Just all this stuff that's behind the scenes that nobody gets to see, all they get to see is the the, the fruits that you end up right. doing. So the fact that you're on it, great. And then that's the thing. Yeah, I remember telling you, I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to stay off. Yeah, I, remember, as long as like, I, trying, I don't want to be addicted. But I, okay. I went the same route. I was like, bro, I don't want to be addicted to like a medication for the rest of my life. And like, not even addicted, but like dependent on it. Yeah. But then when he showed me the blood work, when I had the and print you have out, to do it. And it's like, do you want to keep feeling like shit or do you want to feel better? Do you want to able to walk? I couldn't even walk for a while. Dude. Yeah. Everything was so like just stuck. And it messes with your mind. Dude. Yeah. I just like, man, I'm 35. I was like, I just rather it be over. Yeah. That's how, the, that's it, how it, bad it, it got. I get it. Yeah. And now I've only been on this stuff for a week and I was like, dude, my back yeah. doesn't fucking hurt so much. You feel better as a, you, yeah, and I now you start clear. to figure out your your purpose and yeah. mission in life, dude. So if anybody's struggling out there, <sighs> you think it's that? Start there. Yeah, because I, you know, what? there's I no date, embarrassment anymore. No, because I look I look back at it like how I used I used to be vegan like to a T. Like, yeah, uh, but a lot of that vegan is a lot of carbs and a lot of soy. Yeah. So I was just oh, dumping damn. for the last 10 years. The estrogen. Soy, yeah. soy, soy. And I didn't want to believe it. I was like, ah, oh, dude, like I have the, uh, you know, the stuff to counterbalance. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I overloaded on soy and there was no testosterone. And I got really like weak, like brittle. Yeah. I don't recommend vegan diet for anybody. And now you get to control your own life, you know, you control yeah. your, your destiny. So, yeah. Anyway, man, I remember so. <laughs> I remember going through that, and then like you post, and you're like, "Bro, you gotta come on, you gotta tell yeah. me about your life and who you are." And like, yeah. you know, I'm not creeping on you, but you know, I like yeah. what you're doing and, and stuff. And so, Likewise. yeah, and I just want to say, man, I appreciate the fact that you're doing this. You know, you're just you're gonna hone on, chip away at your craft. Yeah. Again, we're all rough astlers. Yeah, you get to use these tools now, these hands, this mind, and you get to chisel that stone until it becomes smooth and square. Because every single day you get to do stuff like this, you're chipping away on the rough astler. Yeah, dude. This is what I like to do. I don't like clocking in. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> but I understand like it's a process to get where you want to where you want to be. Yeah. It takes time. 
So, man, I just want to say thanks. I Dude, appreciate thank you being you on here. So much. Uh, uh, anytime you want to come back on, man, we can talk about <laughs> some other topic. We have so much in common. It's wild. There's so many things, bro. <laughs> Uh, but I appreciate your time and uh, yeah. coming on here, dude. Yeah, okay. really do. So, where can people find you if you want them to find you? Nah, I don't want people. Just oh, kidding. Oh, just right, kidding. Right, right. <laughs> so, YPSLC. So, you just got to Google us. YPSLC. So, SLC. Young Professional Salt Lake City. Okay. I will link that everybody into the video description if you want to find them. Do you want people to find you on yeah, Instagram? Yeah, YPSLC. Okay. Google Young Professional Salt Lake City or YPSLC and you'll find us. We're the only ones out there. And I love it because I love facilitating friendships. Sweet. All right, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hey, I appreciate your time, man. Always, right. always. Thanks, bro. And uh, you, like I always say, take care of yourself. Take care of others. Peace.